Good evening, good evening, good evening, America, and good evening, the world. How is everyone doing this evening? I hope everyone is doing well. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Come on in, ladies and gentlemen. Come on in. It is another edition, ladies and gentlemen, of the Sea Report, and uh, we're coming to you live. It is Monday. It is December. It is the 12th day, and uh, it is the year 2022. I hope everyone is doing wonderfully. And uh, welcome back. I hope you guys had a great weekend. Uh, had a good weekend myself. Had a good episode of Lone Star State News earlier this afternoon. If you guys didn't catch it, I recommend you go and check it out. And uh, see what we got to offer by way of uh, Texas News. You know, it's all somewhat interrelated either way, right? You know, we were kind of going on about the uh, uh, Harris County elections that were botched, you know. Um, probably not as bad as what we saw or what we are seeing, what we're discovering in Maricopa County. Now, isn't it, that's Arizona, of course. Isn't it interesting how uh, we're only a month and change outside of our stolen 2022 elections and we're still making some discoveries. I mean, the discoveries we're making, you know, from this point forward, guys, it's all, uh, it's, it's all gold, really. It's all gold. It's all in the bag because, after all, our uh, our 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 trial run for monitoring elections theft as they occur in 2020, right? Kind of got us, uh, kind of got us with all the prerequisite, all the stuff that we need to be looking at in the future. You know, since uh, there were not enough Americans awake in 2020 to do something about it, right? So uh, now we got that in the bag, everything that we witnessed and experienced in 2020, everything we've discovered since then, right? Oh, you better believe we had eyes on all those topics. And now the gold stuff is coming up, right? The stuff that was buried down deep. Interesting enough, you know, uh, some of that gold, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we've known about for a time. Uh, <laughs> we might have had some uh, previous run-ins with some of this information. Uh, but uh, this year we got whistleblowers and the likes coming out. So uh, today's going to be a fun and interesting episode. Of course, we also had uh, the Twitter files part. Was it three or four that dropped? I think it was part four. I think I put part three in the notes, but I think it's part four. Right. And then I think allegedly number five was dropping. OK, so, you know, in an effort to snub the zeitgeist, we were not on the air this weekend. And, uh, you know, I was kind of like, hey, I got some family stuff going on this weekend. And in fact, I called up my family. I was like, hey, family, can you get here by Saturday morning? You can't. OK, can you get me some family that can get here by Saturday morning? I need every single person in my clan at my place. OK, <laughs> because you guys are more important than what's going on out there right No, 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 no. I mean, seriously, though, I mean, in, in all seriousness, right. Twitter. about the uh, snubbing of President Trump. Ooh, are we going to use that word snub a lot today? Um, snubbing President Trump, you know, uh, shadow banning him, blocking his account, etc. You know, and a lot of the animus that uh, went behind that by none other than most of the Twitter employees themselves. And then we had another one drop. So that one dropped on Saturday again. 
Again, that one dropped on Saturday. Just, uh, you know, uh, who controls the news? Who is the news now? It's not me and you, ladies and gentlemen. It's not America. It's not the American people. It's Elon Musk and the Twitter files. But that's perfectly okay, you know, for the time being. Uh, It's like I thanked Mr. Musk and uh, uh, Mr. Taibbi. And heck, I'll even throw in Miss Weiss in that uh, for including some of the election, making it, making the drops relevant towards elections. Okay. That was the most important thing. And I'm very grateful for that, you know, uh, but you know, I'm not going to lay off the fact that we are watching the zeitgeist at work here. Right. I mean, uh, uh, to me, ladies and gentlemen, at least the way I see it is just another way to control the information. I mean, what I can see here and, and, you know, again, again, this is this is waking up people on both sides again. I mean, these things always wake up people on both sides. Hopefully this does more. Yeah, it was also interesting, too, because I'm seeing uh, I'm seeing the uh, how would you say it? I'm, I'm seeing that demarcating line between someone who is like a liberal, right? Or someone who's like a progressive. And when I say liberal, again, I mean left-leaning liberal, okay? No one ever used to have any problems with classical liberals back in the day, you know? But the left-leaning ones, right? The ones that have the Marxist bent, the ones that, that uh, are pro-commie, the ones that uh, have no sense of logic common or not, and... Uh, don't believe in America first. Those ones. Okay. Those are the ones we're talking about. Okay. Uh, but when it comes to those, you know, uh, seeing that demarcating line in their thought process, right? Um, uh, you know, fiddle farting around with other non-political ventures in, in the areas of live streaming. You know, we're not talking about OnlyFans RNC. Okay. Uh, but what we are talking about is uh, just other things I do. And seeing, um, I guess, the uh, creators of that type of content, it's interesting, right? You even see it on Rumble. Like apparently some of these left-leaning progressive liberal types uh, are getting banned uh, because even the trans thing is too much, right? And so you see them coming up on uh, platforms like Rumble, okay? And, and they all look bewildered and be mystified. And they're like, am I a Nazi now? Because I got kicked off of YouTube. <laughs> and all their audience is like, we feel like Nazis because we're watching on you on a platform that's not like YouTube. And I'm like, wow, these people really think like that. Like these people really think only Nazis get kicked off of YouTube. So you should not watch any shows that are kicked off on YouTube. And then when it happens to one of their own, they're like, well, we feel like Nazis now. Well, I'm sorry, left-leaning liberals, but you guys kind of put yourselves in that box, right? When you started clamping down on free speech, free thought, common sense, and logic. <clears throat> yeah, I guess it kind of goes with the territory, but you'll get familiar with that when you realize that you're all we're all in the same shtick, right? You all will realize that when you realize we're all part of the same shtick, unfortunately, and maybe not so unfortunate, but maybe predictably these left-leaning Marxist communist sympathizing liberals would probably play the role of like, and proudly so they'd probably play the role of like a George Soros and they'd start turning in their own people in their own gulag, right. Just to get extra porridge, right. Or maybe just to get a pillow to lay their head on or some kind of weird privilege, like uh, using toilet paper. Who knows guys, who knows what these liberals are capable of doing. Some people can just betray humanity. I don't understand it myself guys, but apparently the types are out there.
Um, but you know, as far as the because I keep going on about the zeitgeist guys, and uh, you know, I never thought I would use that word so much in all my let me tell you, when that movie Zeitgeist came out like what a decade ago or more, I was like, Zeitgeist, Zeitgeist, Zeitgeist. Everyone talks about the what the heck is the zeitgeist, right? I mean, it's just it's just the feel, it's just the movement, it's just the push, it's just your common vernacular thought as a portray, I would say, is portrayed and festooned by the media. And all types of media, not just news media and corporate news media, but all types. I mean, you're, you're talking about movies, music, books, culture, literature, everything. Okay. Um, but uh, as beneficial as these things are, and, and, you know, I'll probably say this a couple of more times before this whole, who knows when this Twitter thing is going to be done. I mean, let it keep on going. And as long as you keep the elections right next to the truth that's coming out with this Twitter stuff, I am good, right? But do not let these drops, do not let the um, information that's coming out about the biases, the uh, discrimination, uh, the partisanship, right? The lack of fairness of the um, uh, Twitter staff, you know, and how they, uh, you know, uh, they basically influenced elections by uh, hiding information, covering for criminals and crooks and uh, worse, you know, and uh, and and flagging things that were truthful about elections, you know. So, yeah, that they definitely uh, put an assist there in influencing elections and the outcome. But is that the only reason why? And is that the only way that the elections were influenced and stolen? No, they weren't. So, you know, uh, as much fault is going to be coming out on the part of three-letter agencies, supposed law enforcement, right? Um, uh, people in the media, right? Journalists and uh, alleged journalists, supposed reporters and, uh, and the likes and politicians, you know, all of these working uh, together to, uh, you know, steal an election. Let's not forget the machines, whether they're Dominion, whether they're ES and S. Uh, whether they are uh, heart intercivic played a huge role in that. Uh, people on the ground, you know, played a huge role in that. Okay. And, and we're not just talking about your volunteers, obviously. And we're not just talking about those who are there in earnest goodwill and integrity in order to assist in their civic duty of, um, of uh, performing and in elections. Uh, but we're talking about the, the higher ups, you know, we're talking about the supervisors, the managers, we're talking about the uh, the tenured election officials. We're talking about all these individuals who are put in place in order to make sure that the machinery of the theft went off without a hitch on the ground. And let's not forget about, you know, you know, state elected officials, county elected officials, the bureaucrats also, you know. Because uh, if we didn't include them, then we couldn't include people like uh, Katie Hobbs, Secretary of Snakes in Arizona. You know, we couldn't include people like the corrupt commissioner's court or supervisor's court in Maricopa County. Yeah, they're all part of it, too. OK, all on the ground. And yeah, and let, let's just tie in, you know, uh, private dark money uh, uh, via Zuckerbucks and CTCL. And let's not forget about Schwarzenegger in the Valley in Texas. No one seems to be catching on to that one. You know, <clears throat> that was out in 2020. Uh, yeah, he donated, uh, he, he donated thousands of dollars to Texas elections. Arnold Schwarzenegger did. Gotta wonder how many children he has in the Valley for him to do something like that. Right. Or, or maybe his interest in children 
in the valley, right? Ooh, that's kind of scary. I mean, come on. We're talking it's right across the border, right? They warehouse all these children right across the border. They get them into the States. I'm sure Schwarzenegger has no interest in warehousing children long around the valley, right? Okay, we're talking about border town, Texas. Anyways, guys, enough about that. So as I'm saying, guys, we don't want to forget is what, what this is doing right now with this whole thing with the Twitter and the Elon is it's definitely building up teams, right? Like he's building up his team of reporters and his team of, uh, you know, journalists. Okay. And I'm not diminishing or taking anything away from the work that Matt Taibbi or um, uh, Barry Weiss has done in uh, um, reporting on the Twitter files, okay? But they're building their teams. So they'll have their teams of, uh, of uh, journalists. They'll have their teams of conservatives, everyone that will follow suit beneath that. And there you have your uh, segment, okay? And then all of this is going to make us forget about the 2020 stolen election. All of us is going to make us forget that Donald Trump is still the duly elected president. No, maybe not. It won't. Maybe it won't make us forget that because after all, uh, the last drop that we covered here at the Sea Report was all about how they uh, basically uh, took the elections out from underneath President Trump's feet. OK, very important perspective to keep in mind. OK, as long as we're not going with the perspective, I don't know what perspective else you could take other than the fact that, well, these elections have been outright rigged and stolen in front of our faces. You know, in, in all of their naked glory for America to see since 2020 in front of our faces. Now, we know that they've been stealing elections for a lot longer than that. OK, but in front of our faces. Right. You know, like they went streaking in 2020 to go uh, steal elections and everyone was watching them. Right. They did it again in 2021. They did it again in 2022. Streaking. Let's go streaking. Right. We're going to go steal elections. Yay. Everyone was watching it. Okay. Everyone was watching them run butt naked down the street with all the ballots in their hands. And yet they can't seem to understand that we understand that we're being gaslit. Okay. So that, that's just a funny little thing to me. But, you know, they're building their heroes. Okay. They're building their heroes for the future so that this way America knows who to trust in the future. Right. Trust Elon Musk and his team. All right. And trust anyone that they promote. And, and, you know, that's what I'm also seeing also to kind of on the outside of other things is that like all the people that uh, um, Elon Musk is not allowing back on Twitter, or I shouldn't say is not, but has not yet allowed back on Twitter. And yeah, I'm there. Actually, I'm actually having more fun at Twitter right now since, you know, I'm having more fun over there, uh, you know, attacking the Texas state legislators <laughs> than I am at Truth Social. Yeah, at Truth Social, you know, I'm getting veiled threats from the RNC. So I'm guessing I, I hit a nerve or something today. <laughs> and I'm like, is this a threat or is this a warning? Because I don't play with piano wire, okay? I say it to your face, all right? And so uh, that was interesting too. But I'm having more fun over at, I'm definitely having more fun over at, uh, How's the word again? Uh, Twitter at the moment uh, due to that fact. I'll, I'll tell you guys a little bit more about that little RNC threat in just a bit. I was just trying to get that out. Uh, let's see. What else did I write in my notes here ahead of the show? Podcast. Oh, yeah. Podcast. Uh, podcast audience. Uh, you guys might have noticed that uh, we started uploading episodes again. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm out of space over here for everything I got. Yeah. I need to get like another two <laughs> 
I need to get like another two external hard drives, you know, uh, storing three, four, two hour episodes, six days a week plus. <laughs> and I say plus, but you know, that uh, comes with a, that eats up a lot of storage space. So when I cannot download my episodes, I cannot upload my episodes to my podcast. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, um, I would have to say it was probably a good little a little break there. You know, I sacrificed getting views, listens, audience members and counts. Right. Because let's just put it this way. When something like Twitter files and Elon Musk is dropping, everyone wants to hear about it. I mean, I would have gotten a whole lot of views and listens on my podcast this past weekend had I uh, had that stuff uploaded. But you know what? <laughs> In the interest of uh, last Monday's uh, yeah, breakdown. It wasn't a breakdown. It wasn't a breakdown of the. It wasn't. It was a. <laughs> I was like, maybe we should put a gap in between that, anyways. But you know what? Uh, my uh, my memory. Uh, not not this memory. My my hard drive memory. <laughs> just didn't have room for it. So it's like, okay, I guess that was just the way it's meant to be. Anyways, podcast episodes are getting uploaded again, not because I got an external hard drive, but because I, uh, I spent a lot of my time also this weekend doing some cleaning on the computer and getting rid of stuff that was just eating up space. So there's that. So uh, podcast uh, family, I do apologize for the week delay, uh, but you will be getting your episodes coming at you again. Annually. Uh, if not constantly. Same thing with the audience over at Odyssey. The Odyssey audience last Friday, I don't know what happened over there. I think it's because they were doing some work on my account in the background over at Odyssey. They were doing some work on my account in the background. And so I think we only got 20 minutes out of the two and a half hour episode we did last week. It was almost three hours uh, on Friday. So uh, I apologize to the Odyssey audience over there. I might upload that full episode again. I mean, all we did was talk about the Twitter files. I mean, come on. It wasn't even that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm such a heel. I am such a heel sometimes. Anyways. Okay. <laughs> so there was that. Uh, but you guys look forward to that. And uh, thanks again for being an audience. If you like to cast, catch this show on podcast, you get the same show. Uh, it's just an audio format. Of course, if you're a Spotify listener, you can also get the video a format of this show as well. But head over to anchor.fm slash the C report in case you and subscribe. That way you can catch it when you're on the road. I got a lot of drivers in my audience. You guys should not be watching. Okay. You guys should not be watching the screen while you are driving. I'm not trying to micromanage or be mama C to you, but <laughs> I'm just saying eyes on the road, ladies and gentlemen, we love you and we want you to be safe out there. So just subscribe to the C report at anchor.fm slash the C report or find your favorite podcast platform. And you know, I'll be there for you in audio format. So there's that, guys. And uh, thanks again for uh, subscribing. And for all those who are listening and following over at whatever platform it might be, we had a really good breakdown for uh, the C-Report. Actually, the C-Report landed in the top 25 or 30% of most shared uh, podcasts on Spotify for last year, for this year, 2022. All right. So we're in the top 25% or 25 or 30% of the most shared around the world. I was not expecting that one. That's for sure. I was like, shared? They share my podcast around the world? Oh my goodness. And it's in the top 25%. Uh, for the video shows, like uh, for all the episodes that show the video on Spotify, we were in the top 15% most viewed. Okay, so I was like, whoa, I can't believe that that many people are watching 
little old Mr. C and the C report. So thank you again, Spotify audience for growing this show, you know, and, and, you know, I know I get it. Yeah. All, all of the real Patriots are taken off of uh, Spotify. Well, they, they figured out how, I think this happened after the whole Joe Rogan incident with Spotify that they figured, okay, let's not ban or censor or, or block the actual show. How about we just uh, cherry pick the episodes that we, and that's what they've done. Like if you go back to um, um, this November uh, election week, November 8th, they killed about three of my episodes. I didn't get any strikes. I didn't get any uh, kind of, uh, you know, uh, reprisal from that, but they just took them off. They just don't air them and they don't tell you that they don't, they don't air them. They just don't air them. So, you know, I'm missing about three episodes from election week on the C report. So if you ever get a missing episode over there, it might be because of that, or I might, maybe I just goofed up on my end. Cause let's not forget guys. I am a one man band here. Okay. And uh, I got a lot that I have to keep up with for a show. Just ask anyone that tries to run any kind, run any kind of a show or, you know, broadcast. And they, they try and do the social media, the video clips, the keeping up with this, the keeping up with that, everything. Yeah. It's a handful, <laughs> but I love doing it. And that's why I'm still here. And, uh, well, actually, I actually love this country more than I love doing this, but like, <laughs> that's why I'm still here. Ladies and gentlemen, I love this country more than I love, uh, dealing with social medias. And I don't mean, I mean, just being there, right. If you, when you start getting bail threats from the RNC, well, then that's when it gets a little bit exciting, right? Okay. <laughs> okay. So I can say officially in the time that I have been doing this uh, bit, right. Uh, where I come out and I talk about news and stories and my point of view on things. I've only had two notable, two notable engagements from people that are like way bigger than me. Okay. Way, way bigger than me. When I mean way bigger than me, I mean, in every sense of the word guys, um, except for anything that might be pejorative. Okay. You know, my first one was from uh, representative Janelle Branchen of Wisconsin. She uh, liked and retruthed one of my truths. And I was like, Oh my God, one of my heroes actually retruthed one of my uh, truths. Uh, the second one was from Greg Phillips. Okay. Of, uh, true the vote uh liked one of my comments and i was like oh my goodness greg phillips liked one of my comments that's so cool like to me that's cool these things are like okay i'm a nerd all right so these things are like amazing to me okay <laughs> but when you get the rnc okay i mean we're talking the official right let me make sure it was official guys i'm pretty sure there's only one rnc on truth social so <laughs> you know that there's also a uh there's also a um we already went through this guys there's also a uh um a rhino mr c over there on truth social okay <laughs> Go look him up. There's a rhino Mr. C over there on Truth Social. I mean, it's it's like if Mr. C fell in line with the establishment, that would be my account, right? Like if if it was like, hey, you know, and I, you know, where other where else are you gonna find a Mr. C? I mean, come on, really? Okay. <laughs> Anyways, uh, for those of you on my Truth Social, you guys know what I'm talking about because uh, you've seen this already. Oh, goodness. Did you guys hear what uh, Rudy Giuliani said recently about the laptop from hell? And who who did not share that information? Yeah, suddenly, I don't feel so bad about 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 no, not attacking, but about calling out John Solomon of uh, just the news uh, for his uh, his 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 honoring election fraud deniers like Kathy Bernier of Wisconsin and and always softballing you know, uh, treasonous assholes like, uh, Brad Raffensperger of Georgia. Okay. Yeah. I was, I was just pointing out facts. I was not 
saying anything to the otherwise, but now I kind of feel like I sh I, I should. You know why? Because uh, someone like me is a big problem, right? Especially when you have... Uh, Especially when you have all of these operations that are being run, all of these influence operations that are being run, and you got someone that's kind of rogue, and I see right through all the crap, you know, either whether they're the good guys who are pretending to be bad guys, or eh, it doesn't matter. Point of the matter is, someone like me is a problem, okay, because uh, I can see these, uh, these next generation traders, they're coming right up, guys. And uh, they're gonna they're gonna build up their teams, and you're gonna come to love them, trust them, and follow them, and then come 2024. Or any any time President Trump is due to be president, optically speaking, again before the millions and millions and millions and millions of Americans, they're going to betray him. And if they don't, well, I'll I'll look forward to them doing that at a future time. Okay, uh, but uh, maybe this isn't the official one. No, I don't think it is. But they blocked me. <laughs> Oh, it is a parody account. Ah, guys, never mind. I feel so, so, okay, so only two times, guys. It's a good thing I looked, okay, because I just saw RNC and I was like, let's make a big deal about this. Never mind. They didn't see me. Good, good. I'm glad they didn't. You know who this was then? Uh, this was probably, well, I should probably shouldn't even say names. All, but they did block me, so that's cool. Uh, all I could say, though, is, uh, well, you know, my audience knows me, okay? So uh, threat or not, I had to look up who it was that they compared me to. I was like, I'm not that kind of a degenerate. I don't know porn stars by their first name. Thank you very much, RNC parody account. <laughs> Anyways, it's my fault. I tagged them. I thought they were the real thing. Okay, cool. All right. So, hey, well, hey, at least we we got that figured out, Okay. Because that would have been a sure mess. And, uh, well, you know what? If you want to call me clickbait for the first, uh, what, uh, 20 minutes of today's episode, you can do that. <laughs> I'm just glad. Okay, that's cool. All right, we can drop that now. All right, let's drop that like a hot potato. Okay. And then uh, let me see here. Let me jump into chat real quick with you guys what's going on ladies and gentlemen how you doing we got aurelius lock in the house tam growl good afternoon good evening how you guys doing today hope you all are well okay it looks like uh what are you guys suffering over there at uh home base maybe i don't know it looks like you guys might have you guys might be experiencing the wheel of death otherwise known as the dreaded buffer wheel okay Hey, don't worry, guys. I will change that. If you're over there at Rumble, hey, what's up? Good afternoon. Good evening. I will change that headline in a bit. That way it's no it's no longer clickbait, right? But, you know, that was happening just before I went on the air. So I had other things to worry about, guys. I couldn't, couldn't do my sleuthing and investigating. Just glad to know. Just glad to know. Someone over there is paying attention. Okay. And I'm just checking out. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would expect, uh, <laughs> I would expect wheels of death, ladies and gentlemen. Anyhow, okay, cool. All right. Well, sorry uh, if you're heading, if you're hanging out over there at uh, Pill.net, the Foxhole.app. If you guys are uh, getting the wheel of death, 
you can always hop on over to any of our other venues. If you don't know where that is, go to thecreport.com and search out uh, any of our live streams. If you have an Odyssey account, uh, I would encourage you to follow us over on Odyssey. We're building that page and account now with memberships, etc. Uh, if you got a Rumble account, hang out there. But if you have an Odyssey account and you haven't followed the Sea Report at Odyssey just yet, I would ask that you do so today. And then, uh, you know, peruse where you might, but always have those options available to you because in this day and age, you never know what's going to happen with technology. Hey, Curtis Cross, how's it going? Good to see you in the audience this evening, sir. Hope you're doing well. Okay. And let's see here. Yeah, we got, um, actually, let me refresh this real quick. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's do this. I'm going to drop over there at Pilled. I'm going to drop the Odyssey link for today's show. If you cannot watch it at Pilled or at Foxhole, I would ask you go to Odyssey and you, uh, hey, Sergeant Sparky, what's up? You dancing by yourself over there or what? Oh, wait, are we working now or what? Are we working? It looks like we might be working now. Okay. Awesome. All right. Cool. Thanks for saying hello, Mr. Sergeant Sparky. Glad to see you, sir. Give my regards to the missus as well uh, as, as, the, uh, as the horses and the doggies. All right. Cool. He's got a beautiful family out where he's at. So, all right. Cool, 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 cool. All right. So there we go. We're good there. We're good there. Okay, guys. Timbajet, what's up? Hey, Mr. C, I'm here for now for a little bit. I got a, in a little scuffle with a mod. <laughs> Sorry to hear that, Timbajet. I'm not, I am not, uh, I am not, uh, I'm not laughing that. It's just, yeah. Timbajet, you know, my man, you know, you, uh, <laughs> you never cease to amaze me, my friend. Yes, uh, thanks for hanging out over yonder. Tam Growl's throwing in a can. We got uh, Sean Joe throwing in a cookie. Hey, guys. Stay hey, we're alive. We are live. We're alive over at Pilled. Awesome. Very cool. We got a 5x5 five five from Sergeant Sparky. Awesome. What is this? <laughs> Sean Joe, what is that? Is that Hulk Hogan? <laughs> is that Hulk Hogan in a, uh, what do you call that thing? A banana hammock? I'm not sure. Okay. <laughs> welcome 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 guys i'm glad it's working over there now awesomeness okay cool <laughs> all right uh rumble friends odyssey friends pilled friends twitch friends thanks again for being here tonight guys okay we are going to talk about the twitter files indeed we are don't worry uh for those of you who did not keep up with the, the drop that came over the weekend there might have been another drop today i mean i heard they were only going to do it on the weekends so that this way you know they could prolong uh, the memory loss of stolen elections, right? For 2022. I mean, really, guys, machines and everything out in your face, Harris County, Maricopa County, Fulton County, okay, they don't want us to pay attention to some of the details, is what I think, okay? They want, they want to take the elections back, but the way they want to do it, they want to take America back the way they want to do it. They want to save the nation, but only as long as it's done the way that they want it done with the people that they want to do it in the places that they want them to be. Okay. And that's the only way we're going to move forward with saving this nation. 
Okay. And, and if they're lucky, because I think this is another one of their goals, we'll save the nation and we'll save the Republican Party, the political party. Wait, the uniparty, the two-party, one-party system? That is what's at stake here, guys. That is what is at stake. Not just the loss of their elections, but the fact that they're going to lose their uniparty system. And that's why they need to do it the way that they want to do it. So this way we can save America, we can make Americans happy again, and we can keep on having a uniparty system that's going to betray us at some point in the future because they couldn't do it in the year 2020, 2021, 2022. They're showing their face. They're showing us who they are. But are we paying attention? That is the question, ladies and gentlemen. Are we paying attention? You know? So uh, we'll do that. We'll definitely talk Twitter today. We'll continue with the zeitgeist because we're not the news anymore. And uh, you better believe we're going to talk. You better believe we're going to talk Arizona. But first, we have some uh, Trump truths to share with you guys. So let's go ahead and get that started. Uh, let's see here. Where are we at? Ah, here we are. There we go. Oh, where is Great State 48's flag? It's not flying behind me. Well, no, it's flying behind me. It's not flying behind President Trump. Let me adjust that real quick. There we go. Okay, we're getting ourselves adjusted here. Welcome on to show. We're just starting, even though we're about 30 minutes into the show. Uh, welcome again. Okay, and okay, so some Trump truths. Uh, President Trump dropped some interesting truths. The last few days. All right. Uh, the Giuliani thing, though, <laughs> I got to say, was a little vindicating, right? I, I just don't know if anyone else is going to feel the same way, right? Everyone was like, quick, get John Solomon on your show so that this way he looks like he's still credible and loves America. I'm not saying he doesn't love America. I just wonder which America it is. <laughs> People are going to be like, how could you say that about just the news? Are you a traitor, Mr. C? Does Mr. C stand for Mr. Communist or something like that? You know, I've I've been called that before. I've been called much worse, right? <laughs> I've been called Mr. Charisma, Uniqueness, Nerve, and Talent, ladies and gentlemen. Anyways, okay, so uh, that was a little vindicating. Uh, some of that kind of comes out in these truths. I mean, who are the names that Giuliani dropped? It was uh, John Solomon which everyone seemed to forget about like everyone focused on everyone focused on the other two what was it uh Levin uh was it uh, Mark Levin right and and I don't remember who the other one was uh yeah let me remember who it was someone remind me who it was he dropped three names specifically right and John Solomon of Just the News was one of them okay so, you know, because I'm looking for the next generation of traders, the ones that are conservative and they're so middle of the road and they love America so much that you can't tell which one they're talking about. Are they talking about America first or establishment first America? Like, which one is it? Right. Because let's not forget the establishment. They also run influence operations. And these are much bigger ones. These are the ones that you trust and you come to know and love, ladies and gentlemen. These are the ones that make it onto the big networks. These are the ones that have hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of followers. Followers. I used to have a thing. Okay. A thing. I don't know. Uh, that's, that's something. Uh, followers. 
followers, right? Or, or no, what do we used to call them in high school? Posers. They're nothing but a bunch of posers, right? I was one of those people in school. I was I was the one who's always calling out the posers. <laughs> yeah, guys, that's right. That that's it's always been me. Okay, that's always been me. You're talking to an old school caller of bullshit. Like <laughs> anyways, guys. Yeah, anyways. Okay, so let's get into these Trump truths. All right. I could, I gotta say, I felt vindicated though. I mean, cause I was not going in on John Solomon. Like he was a Judas goat. I was simply asking the question, why is he praising and honoring Kathy Bernier who has stood behind Rhino Robin Voss in the Wisconsin state house and opposed every bit of election integrity, including the audits, including the, uh, including the investigations. Why would John Solomon send her off on like this golden ship with golden veils and say, rah, rah, boom, boom. Remember Kathy Bernier. She was a great state senator for Wisconsin. And she did everything that people wanted when she did exactly the opposite. And everything and every single report from peer, from peer colleagues to just the news were saying exactly what she was doing wrong. And yet he's over here kissing her butt you know he did this and he he did he didn't do the same thing john solomon did not do the same thing with uh brad raffensperger but talk about easy softball questions right when we have when we have so many respected individuals from the state of georgia okay and and thousands of affidavits about the improprieties from 2020 back and yet you can have brad raffensperger in a conversation you cannot even ask one hard question okay all right you can't even lay down any any of the evidence right like how about your legal team how about kemp's legal team that was working with you how about all the notes that you had on the ground that you knew that day that there was severe lack of chain of custody happening on the ground in fulton county that night in 2020 and plus what three or four days you know not even one question so i was just asking the questions guys now, as we move forward, as I've said time and time again, the closer we get to restoring this republic, the more rhinos are going to come out, the more people are going to unmask themselves for the traitors that they are, and more of them than not will be people that you, America, trusted. But that's just the name of the game. And uh, you know what the other name of this game is, guys? Endurance. Mm -hmm. Stamina. Okay. You know... Uh, Rome was not built in one day and America was not liberated in one night. Okay. No, it took a long time, guys. It was an extended journey. Tam Growl says, I'm glad we know the real Solomon. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, you better watch it, Tam Growl, because I see who you're I see who you're sharing over there at Truth Social, and I'm like, mm -hmm. Ah, uh, you know, they make good points of views, but someone who's working for the Council for National Policy might not be someone you want to trust. But it's okay, guys. It's That's part of the journey, right? The learning, the gaining of wisdom, the owning of our discernment is part of the journey, part and parcel. So uh, let's just try and enjoy this journey together. Mm -hmm. Let's just try and enjoy this journey together. Okay, guys. So Trump Truths, first one coming up right now. Gander. As soon as my computer catches up with itself. Okay, there we go. The Trump administration got 58 hostages released from various hostile countries without paying any money or giving up anything. That is something both in number and lack of remuneration 
that has never been done before in any other administration. The America-hating basketball player for the merchant of death, especially when the former Marine is not even included, is a one-sided disaster and a big win for Russia. If I made that deal, the Dems would chant, Russia, Russia, Russia. Yep, still on that Brittany Griner thing. <laughs> hey, so good news is uh, uh, YouTube did not uh, ban or censor my video on election fraud in New Jersey in 2021. That's right, my video on election fraud in New Jersey on 2021. So I was sure they were going to ban my video about Brittany Griner being transsexual. <laughs> And making a good argument that Russia is not transphobic because she walked out of there alive or he walked out of there alive. Whatever it is, I don't know. All I know is that thing's got a bigger Adam's apple than my head. Okay, so and that's about that. Okay. All right. Next up. I turned down a deal with Russia for a one-on-one -on -one swap of the so-called merchant of death for Paul Whelan. I would not have made the deal for a hundred people in exchange for someone that has killed untold numbers of people with his arms deals. I would have gotten Paul out, however, just as I did with a record number of the other hostages. The deal for Griner is crazy and bad. The taking wouldn't have even happened during my administration, but if it did, I would have gotten her out fast. Insane, huh, guys? Like he's saying, they never would have arrested Griner if I had been in office. I think that's what he's saying. That's what it sounds like he's saying to me. Okay, I could be reading out of context, but uh, yeah, yeah. Wouldn't even have happened. And if it had, he would have gotten her out fast. So uh, I don't know. I think that's about all that Trump is going to have to say. President Trump is going to have to say on the Griner front. But uh, again, the, the more, the more uh, deplorable for lack of a better word, the more deplorable situation here would be the whole fact that uh, Biden seems to think that trading a uh, seven foot 10 transsexual basketball player for uh, and leaving, leaving a hero, right? Leaving a Marine in, uh, in uh, detention, right? <clears throat> Is a better deal. Okay. And, and trading it for an arms dealer. I just, you know, <laughs> insane guys, insane insane. All right. Next statements are going to, uh, well, Twitter elections. Let's go. How can the January 6th unselect committee make criminal referrals when they have not spoken about or studied those that rigged the 2020 election? The troops not being brought in by Pelosi or now the election fraud determinatively revealed by Twitter. These are the real criminals. Mm-hmm. Couldn't have said it better myself. That's why I didn't. Um, and let's just say, let's just face up to the facts, you know. Like I said, Twitter's maybe it's gonna have a huge force in uh overturning these elections. You know, it maybe it's gonna turn into the all-American race to decertify who's in the lead, America. <laughs> Not just any one state, but America. I mean, I could see that being a, a, a good fallout, if you want to call it a fallout of these Twitter files dropping, is that instead of taking it case by case and court by court and state by state, they just decide to overturn all of them, all 50, based on this information, which would be great. The only thing is, once that happens, 
will every other detail of fraud, including the machines, will that be covered over? Hmm? Will that be forgotten about because uh, Twitter, Elon and Twitter? We cannot allow that stuff to be memory hold, ladies and gentlemen. Otherwise, we're going to face it again. And it's going to steal from us again. And it's going to lie to us again. Hmm. So, next statement. <clears throat> this was election interference. This information was coming from the FBI and Facebook. It was coming from Adam Schiff and Democrat operatives. This was a very damaging story to Biden before the election. And they were going to kill it. Bottom line, the election was rigged and stolen. Miranda Devine, as interviewed by Mark Levin, amazing. Okay, and we pull back now from that, because uh, I think, yeah, I have that next. Okay, I need to pull, you know, I need to pull, I need to pull the, um, I need to pull the Rudy Giuliani. I should have had that ready to go, guys. I apologize, but uh, I should have had that ready to go. But you know what? We'll we'll go with this one first because I just I gotta say, guys, when you uh, when you hear something like that, you know, and let's not let's not be mistaken, you know, uh, the former mayor of New York. You know, the mayor of America, Rudy Giuliani, you know, definitely, definitely a fan here over at uh, the Sea Report, you know. So when you hear something like that uh, about him turning over, you know, uh, information about the laptop from hell as far back as 2019, ladies and gentlemen, 2019, when most of America was learning about this, just what? a month to a few weeks prior to the 2020 election. That says something. Okay. And uh, who was it? Who was it that uh, Rudy Giuliani had given this information to uh, Mark Levin, to uh, Just the News and John Solomon? Oh, you guys did not throw it in there. Okay. I'm going to have to pull it up right now. Come on, guys. <laughs> Leaving me hanging here. Okay. Uh, it's okay, guys. I got it. I got it. I got it. I can do it. Okay. All right. Okay. And I pulled it. Let's see here. Uh, Rudy Giuliani, laptop from hell. See, see, I'm getting all these, uh, I'm getting all these, um, articles from 2020. Rudy Giuliani gives alleged Hunter Biden laptop to authorities, October 21st, 2020. Okay. Mike Pompeo. <laughs> It's even worse, ladies and gentlemen. Mike Pompeo. Can you say CFNP on all of these people? Council for National Policy. Council for National Policy. Council for National Policy. Charlie Kirk. Council for National Policy. Turning Point America. It's all Council for National Policy, guys. This is all Council for National. Mike Pompeo. 
Mark Levin. All these people go and speak for them. They all get boosted by them. They're, yeah, who's the CFNP? Go back to my Rumble page. We kind of, we no, we didn't kind of. I, I dove into it head first. Still a lot more to find out over there, guys. Still so much more to find out about the Council for National Policy. But when you find out that someone like Mark Levin had information about the laptop from hell as early as 2019, and yet nothing was said or done, especially considering the uh, platform that Levin speaks on. When you hear that person talking about the cover-up of the laptop from hell, it kind of makes them look like the hypocrites that they are. But hindsight being 2020, better yet, we can actually see it, ladies and gentlemen. You can see the shame. You can see the fear. Because he's about to get busted wide open, right? I mean, that is if the American people are paying attention. I don't know about that much anymore. And of course, I'm not talking about my audience here, but uh, check this out. To divine, you had stories popping from the New York Post, even though everybody else was trying to cover it up and censor it. Were you ever contacted by attorney? Yeah, stories from the New York Post that everyone was trying to censor and block. That's kind of hypocritical, right? Kind of. Divine, you had stories popping from the New York Post, even though everybody else was trying to cover it up and censor it. Were you ever contacted by Attorney General Bill Barr's office or the FBI Director's office, Christopher Wray, to debrief them on what was on this laptop? No, but I, I really wouldn't expect to be. Uh, I think that would be kind of improper. And we know, I mean, Rudy Giuliani knew better than I did what was on the laptop and he was President Trump's personal lawyer. So they could have gone to him. Um, but look, I think at the time, um, just after we published and were censored by Facebook and Twitter, uh, you had the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, uh, Adam Schiff, the Democrat, was on CNN, on MSNBC, everywhere, saying that the laptop was a smear from the Kremlin, that it was a plant. And that is exactly what Joe Biden said in his final debate against Donald Trump, using that scurrilous letter from the 51 former intelligence officials who had declared that it was Russian disinformation. And so... Uh, I don't know, guys. Mark Levin looks like he lost a lot of sleep or he woke up still drunk or something, but was like, holy crap. And then Judy, Rudy Giuliani told everyone I had this information in 2019. <laughs> uh, at, at one point, um, shortly after Schiff started fanning out and, and putting his disinformation into the media, we had John Ratcliffe, who was the DNI, decided that this had to be uh, answered, even though it was just before an election, three weeks before an election. He decided that he uh, had to put out a statement saying, no, uh, that this was not Russian disinformation. There's absolutely no evidence of that. Uh, and uh, he asked the FBI, um, Christopher Wray, to do the same thing. And he spoke to Bill Barr about it, and Bill Barr agreed that that ought to be done. And so... He put out a pretty 
unequivocal statement saying that it wasn't Russian disinformation. And then from the FBI, from not from Christopher Ray, but from a woman, some spokeswoman for him, uh, there was this really wishy-washy statement saying, basically, we don't disagree with what the DNI says, but not the full-blooded uh, refutation of Adam Schiff's lies. And Christopher Ray ought to have known that they were lies because he had the laptop. He knew that it was real. And not only that, you would have expected that the FBI and the intelligence services knew what Hunter Biden was up to because they had to have been keeping tabs on him when he was in China on a crack bender because that was a threat to national security. He was the son of the vice president. So they knew what was going on. And uh, Christopher Ray, for whatever reasons, decided that he would just lie low and do the bare minimum of what he'd been asked to do by Bill Barr. But this is why I'm perplexed, to be perfectly honest with you. You say the FBI would know. Uh, Bobolinsky was brought in at some point. He gave information to the FBI. There's information on that laptop that raises serious questions about Joe Biden. I mean, really hardcore information that raises questions about Joe Biden. You've got these uh, intel individuals, national security people jumping into the fray with their letter. You've got this coming up in the debate. And I can't imagine as a former chief of staff to an attorney general that I wouldn't walk into the attorney general's office and say, sir, we have a problem here. What do you want to do about it? Um, and as for Rudy Giuliani, apparently he was persona non grata over there at the Department of Justice for a long time. That's my understanding. Let me ask you this. Elon Musk, I think he's one of the greatest free. So Levin had to throw Giuliani under the bus, ladies and gentlemen, which is totally fine. I mean, I mean that's you. That is to be expected, right? When one is uh, trying to save their own neck. Um, real quick, guys, let me see what you guys got going on over here. Uh, let's see here. Hey, what's going on, Cat Q Patriot? Welcome to the show, and thanks for popping up to say hello. It's been a minute. Cutie over there with a the little fox popping up out of the little. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Going to meet Rudy in January. Are you going to meet Rudy in January, Tim Grell? That's awesome. If you are, give him my regards. <laughs> uh, D Patriot 1776. Good to see you. Good evening. Welcome into the show. How are you doing tonight? Mike Pompeo says, Aurelius Locke. Thank you so much for that, sir. I appreciate you. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Uh, uh, Tam Growl. I like Charlie, not so much Pompeo. See, you dig. I'll listen. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll get there. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> Tam Growl says, Mark Levin always looks like that, Mr. C. Okay. <laughs> Touche, right? Touche. Uh, let's see here. Uh, D Patriot 1776 said, Y'all see Elon's Twitter post. Uh, it follow the Adidas bunny. Uh, no, I did not see that. Uh, we'll talk, uh, we'll talk Elon in just a bit though. Uh, that's funny. That is funny. Tam Levin always looks like that. <laughs> uh, D Patriot says, um, Elon is either totally on board or he's a master troll. Uh, Cat Q says, uh, probably both. Cat Q Patriot says, probably both. Thanks for the cookie, D Patriot 1776. Thanks so much. Appreciate you. Uh, if I had to make an assessment, I know, I know you guys didn't ask, uh, but I would say, uh, he is doing the will of his masters, whomever they are. That's all I got to say. 
uh, we'll leave it at that. I mean, I, I mean, I don't have any other assessment that would go on board with that, to be quite honest with you guys, other than the fact that um, we'll see where this goes. Okay. Sean Joe, thanks for the uh, cookie, buddy. Thanks so much. Um, but yeah, so we'll see if this goes. Now, it's just interesting here with uh, Levin then throwing Ju Giuliani under the bus, I think is very interesting. Uh, three more minutes, two, two minutes and 30 seconds left on this thing. And uh, then we'll move on to uh, much better topics of conversation. Speech believers since the founding of this country, quite frankly. I don't know of anybody who's done anything more. He's put his billions on the line. He buys Twitter. He's looking for the information that's in the system. He's releasing it. James Baker, the former direct uh, FBI uh, general counsel, obviously was involved in slow walking that, too. Now he's been fired. What do you make of all of that? Well, look, I mean, Elon Musk uh, is is certainly he's talking a lot about free speech and transparency. But as yet, we haven't seen a lot. Um, so I'm just going to park my admiration for him until I do see that he has released everything from the Twitter files because um, the release, the first release that he did via Matt Taibbi, the Substack journalist, was underwhelming to say the least because it was missing a crucial component, which was the FBI's interference. The FBI went to Twitter and told them in weekly meetings uh, to expect uh, probably in October uh, a dump of information, a hack and leak operation, they called it, which would probably involve Hunter Biden. So they were pre-bunking our story before it even came out. And the FBI knew that it was coming out because they had been spying on Rudy Giuliani. Now, I don't know if... if Christopher Wray knew, he must have known, I don't know if Bill Barr knew that there was a covert surveillance warrant on the, the lawyer of the President of the United States, Rudy Giuliani, but they spied on his cloud for two years. And so in 2020, they had access to all his emails and messages. They would have seen in August of 2020, the email that came in from the computer repair shop guy, John Paul MacIsaac, giving him chapter and verse on all the nefarious activities on the laptop, screenshots, uh, a really forensic explanation of the national security problems on the laptop that has stood the test of time. He's a smart guy. And Rudy Giuliani and his lawyer, Bob Costello, saw immediately that this was a big problem. Uh, and so the FBI had access to that. Then they knew, uh-oh, this story is going to come out. Then, of course, they had access to my messages with Rudy Giuliani uh, in uh, early October discussing um, getting the story into the paper. And they also had, of course, the five-hour interview with Tony Bobolinsky, Hunter's former business partner. And of course, they're trying to disbar Rudy in various jurisdictions, and they're trying to imprison Rudy yeah. and charge him with some kind of crime or something of that sort. It's really unbelievable. Well, Miranda Devine, I want to thank you. You have done fantastic work for many years now. You're the sort of the go. Okie dokie, guys. All right. So there we go. We'll, we'll put that one to bed. I just thought I'd play that considering the Giuliani uh, news info that had come out. Um, <clears throat> great sentiments in the chat room, though. Love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, Dpatriot1776 says, right now, I don't care who Elon is working for. He's putting truth out and normies are seeing it. That's actually the stance that I have been forced to take myself, Miss Dpatriot1776, because you guys know 
I follow uh, all of the uh, transhumanist, abortion, pro-abortion, uh, you know, Nazi Ukrainian government supporting stuff that Elon does, right? Okay, I follow all of that, okay? So yeah, I've been forced to that. And that's because, again, as uh, the Patriot 1776 said, he is forcing normies, okay? Uh, and we'll, we'll include conservative normies in that crowd, okay? Or maybe the rhino normies. I don't know how you would call them anymore, right? There's so many different divisions of people. Anyways, divisions being the operative word. Uh, but anyhow, so yeah, I would definitely agree with that on that front. Um, Sean Joe says, uh, I believe that... Um, <clears throat> Oh, where'd you go? Sean just says, I believe Elon is just doing the right thing where others are too afraid. And I definitely, well, I definitely hope so. And I agree with that to a point. Um, Elon being able to wrest control of, of Twitter away from the cabal says a lot. That one, you know, I'm so I'm half and half on that one, Sean Joe, because I think he is part of the cabal. So, you know, you can't really... Unless, like I said, guys, you know, maybe Elon is just a janitor. Maybe he's just here to clean up all the really egregious, dirty, in-your-face, uh, unlawful things and get rid of all those guys so they can bring in their next crew of people. And that's what they do. They just switch out. They switch and bait us all the time. Switch and bait, switch and bait. We're watching a big switch and bait right now. It's good because it's it very this very well stands to undo the 2020 elections. I would say if I had any sense of trajectory, I would say a story like this, if it were given enough push, could definitely undo the 2020 elections. But again, ladies and gentlemen, what about all of the evidence that we've accumulated since 2020 about those elections? What about the affidavits? What about the technical stuff? What about the on the ground things? What about all the laws that were broken in numerous counties, precincts, states, jurisdictions? We're going to forget about all that stuff and we're going to allow Elon Musk to take the election integrity cake and run away with it and eat it while he's doing it? I mean, come on, ladies and gentlemen. You know what? It's a victory for America. But not if they're going to do it to us again, okay? Not if they're going to snooker us again. Not if they're going to steal our elections again. Not if they're going to bait and switch us with some other conservative te team of people for us to look up to as our godly heroes, okay? None of these people, none of these people were sent here to do that for me, okay? You know, I live in a constitutional republic. It's my job to make sure that that happens. So, yeah, I mean, I think he is cabal. I still think he's cabal. I mean, come on. I do. I need, I just, I think he is, but I mean, it's happening the way it's happening for a reason. I'm just observing and making sure I have my own type of uh, perspective nailed down guys, because it's easy to get carried away in all of the hubbub and all of the flow, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, Slick Shoe, what's going on? What's going on? Sean Joe, the awakening in 17 op is real. Yeah, I believe that the awakening uh, operation is real. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Oh, what else you guys got going on? Hey, Soul Rico, what's going on? Let's see. Did you see the margin that Kerry lost by 17,177 votes or 17,000? Uh, wait, what was the number vote? We'll, we'll, we'll get there, I think, in a minute. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, 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 oh. You guys, you guys, you guys, you guys, you guys think that we're going to get to the Twitter files without talking about Carrie Lake first? You're sorely mistaken. <laughs> 
Oh, I've done it again. All right, guys. I've done it again. I got I I I defeated the Zeitgeist. All right. You can call it clickbait. I might have put Twitter files in the title, but we're talking about Arizona. Too bad. <laughs> Just kidding, guys. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, no. We are going to talk about the Twitter files. I promise. We're going to talk about them. We've been talking about them this entire episode, actually, if you think about it. Okay. But you know what? First things first. Our elections were stolen and uh, everyone is being taken away with the Elon Musk zeitgeist. It's a good one, right? I mean, it's a good one right now. It's a good thing that they're doing this, but uh, it, it is what it is. Okay. Let's talk about something that not many other people are talking about. Let's talk about something that many other news agencies are talking Talking about okay because as far as they're concerned 2022 is over right you know and now we got to move on to elon musk you know i would say like when we're talking about like the interview we just saw happening on fox news okay fox news wants elon to drop his load on the twitter files they're like elon just get it out there buddy just just come on elon you can do it just get it out there right because and i'm sorry to be so crass if you're watching the show you know what i mean when i apologize and, and say i'm sorry for being so crass but you know they want him to drop his load so this way they can memory hole it okay that's what they want fox news wants him to drop his load so they can memory hole it okay let's not forget fox news is a globalist establishment operation it always has been ladies and gentlemen it always has been okay uh and it, and it seems like it always will be um but let's talk carrie lake she filed her lawsuit on friday uh in arizona to challenge the 2022 stolen election uh, and right away, guys, here, here comes some more zeitgeist for you, right? But this is from the, the directly from the pages of the mainstream, lamestream, shamestream, fake news, mockingbird, propaganda, legacy press media, right? Carrie Lake's lawsuit shows she's desperate, right? Following one failed election lawsuit, Arizona's Lake tries again. Carrie Lake files lawsuits riddled with falsehood seeking to overturn Arizona election. I mean, this is all you're going to get, right? More demoralization, more lies, more gaslighting, more deception, more deceiving, more lies, 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 fake news, fake, fake news. Okay. She's desperate and delusional. Uh, let's see here. I mean, it's it's all the same stuff. Nobody believes it. Carrie Lake files lawsuit declaring herself the winner, etc. Republican Carrie Lake files lawsuit to challenge her defeat. That's like a balanced headline, almost. Believe it or not. Uh, let's see here. So I mean, you just go down the line, guys. All of this. Carrie Lake, this alleging election error. La 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 la. You know. So you, that's when you get to the brass tacks, right? What's in that lawsuit? Oh, you guys didn't think I had all 70 pages of this lawsuit? You better believe I have all 70 pages of this lawsuit. Okay. <laughs> but don't worry, guys. We're not, you guys know I have a really, really bad habit of reading things to my audience. You guys know I have this terrible habit that's called reading. Okay. Uh, I promise I'm not going to read all 70 pages of this to you guys, but we are going to go through some of this. Uh, just for those who have not had the opportunity to read it themselves or even hear about it. And definitely for those who are just coming across this information, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Uh, so it says here, uh, this is Carrie Lake, of course. It's uh, V versus Katie Hobbs personally as contestee and in her official capacity as Secretary of State included in this lawsuit. Hold on, let me pull out my little highlighter here because... <laughs> You guys know I like to highlight things. Okay, uh, let's see. Uh, come here, magic highlighter. There we go. Okay, so uh, let's see here. We got, uh, oh, and then it doesn't work. <laughs> I'm on, then it doesn't work. Does it not work? 
Oh, come on. Okay, never mind. I don't need to highlight things. It's not going to ruin the show. Uh, okay, uh, Stephen Richer in his official capacity as Maricopa County Recorder, Bill Gates, Clint Hickman, uh, Jack Sellers, Thomas Galvin, uh, and uh, Steve Gallardo in their official capacity as members of the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, Scott Jarrett in his official capacity as Maricopa County Director of Elections, and the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors. Okay, so let's take a gander, guys. This is some fun stuff. The eyes of the county are on Arizona. And I'm going to go ahead and expand this just a little bit more for you guys, because I like to make sure you guys can see I'm not making up words. On November 30th, 2022, Rasmussen Reports published a poll of likely U.S. voters asking about the Election Day problems with vote tabulation in Maricopa County. This poll asked whether responding voters agreed or disagreed with contestant Carrie Lake's statement calling the election botched and stating, This is not about Republicans or Democrats. This is about our sacred right to vote, a right that many voters were sadly deprived of on Election Day, November 8th. The results of that poll are stunning. 72% of likely voters said they agree with Lake's statement, including 45% who strongly agree. The number of illegal votes cast in Arizona's general election on November 8th, 2022 far exceeds the 17,117 vote margin between Arizona Republican gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake and Democrat gubernatorial candidate Secretary of Snakes Katie Hobbs, uh, <clears throat> Secretary of State Katie Hobbs, certified at the official state canvas on December 5, 2022. Witnesses who were present at the Maricopa County tabulations and election Center, Runbeck Election Services, and a multitude of Maricopa County vote centers, as well as other facts meticulously gathered, show hundreds of thousands of illegal ballots infected the election in Maricopa County. In addition, on Election Day, thousands of Republican voters were disenfranchised as a result of Maricopa County election officials' misconduct in connection with the widespread tabulator or printer failures at 59% of the 223 vote centers in Maricopa County. 59%, y'all. More than half. These facts preclude Arizona's vote totals canvassed on December 5th, 2022 from being used to determine, to determine the next governor of Arizona. In Findlay v. Sorensen, the Arizona Supreme Court held that mistakes, omissions, and irregularities in the conduct of an election may void it if they affect the result or at least render it uncertain. But this case is about more than just those bad acts. Rampant and clear violations of federal and state law have become pervasive at the Secretary of State level under Secretary Hobbs and in the Maricopa County Recorder and Elections Department. This case is about restoring trust in the election process, a trust that Maricopa County election officials and Hobbs have shattered. The judicial system is now the only vehicle by which that trust can be restored. Just a few days ago, the public learned Secretary Hobbs and Maricopa County elections officials, including recorder Stephen Richer, participated in an unconstitutional government censorship operation using an election misinformation reporting portal created by the Department of Homeland Security and the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure, sorry, and Information Security Agency. Uh, I thought it was infrastructure. Anyways, state and local election officials sent censorship requests to the election misinformation reporting portal, which the federal government, in partnership with social media companies and other platforms like Twitter and Facebook, would then remove speech they did not like from public view. 
Hobbes, Richer, and others participated in this secret censorship operation. Their actions were per se violations of Arizona citizens, free speech rights under the United States Constitution and the Arizona State Constitution. These actions and others also constituted election misconduct in accordance with ARS 16-672A1. Uh, there is a much there there is much more. The debacle that occurred in Maricopa County on November 8, 2022, Election Day, was chaos as Maricopa County's Board of Supervisors Chairman Bill Gates admitted on live TV during a press conference held shortly after Election Day. Republicans vote at a three to one ratio over Democrats on Election Day and were thus disproportionately and adversely affected. The tabulator's rejection of thousands of ballots set off a domino chain of electoral improprieties, rampant administrative chaos and confusion, lengthy delays at polling sites, and ultimately, the prevention of qualified voters from having their votes counted. Okay, and I'll pause there to give you guys some context. We were talking about Harris County, Texas, and that botched election from a month ago here in Texas, okay? They already have determined in Harris County, in just one of the areas that the Republican vote was suppressed, okay? It was over 3,000 voters. They've already determined over 3,000 voters in the third largest county in America, Harris County, okay? The fourth largest county in America is Maricopa County, Arizona, okay? Harris County, Texas third largest county in the nation. 3,000 plus voters were suppressed, okay, in one area, one region of that county, okay, 3,000 plus, okay, how many do you think were disenfranchised in Maricopa County? They're, they're, they are literally 0.2% less populous than Harris County, okay, Maricopa County. It's literally the difference of like 100,000 people, okay? Uh, it, it's not even that big of a difference between the populations of those two counties, okay? And they've already determined over 3,000 voters, over 3,000 voters in that one area in Harris County, not disenfranchised, voter suppressed, guys. This was vote suppression, okay? This, this, is, this, is, this is a huge strike against our civil liberties, okay? This is a huge strike against our First Amendment, okay? And against our God-given rights, okay? As established by this constitutional republic in these United States of America, all right? Big deal here, guys. So that's just to give you guys a bit of a picture when they're talking about people being disenfranchised. Now, imagine in in on, on election day in Maricopa County, Republicans show up three to one, three to one, three to one. How many people do you think were disenfranchised? If over 3,000 people in Republican areas in Harris were disenfranchised, and that's just one of the regions, I can't even imagine the number considering the hard pull that they did in Maricopa County. I mean, Harris... Harris got away with uh, an inept, okay, Harris got away with an inept elections administrator that is going to use him as a scapegoat, okay, to, to protect the real culprits in Harris County, okay. In Maricopa County, it wasn't just an election administrator. It was an entire board of supervisors. It was an entire, all of these printing services, whole thing. We're talking about run back tonight, guys. Okay. So uh, definitely some stuff to consider. Mm -hmm. 
All right, getting back into this lawsuit. We're almost done reading it, guys. I told you we're not going to go through all 70 pages. I just wanted to get the gist of it, uh, uh, you know, well displayed for everyone to uh, see, hear, and know. Uh, the tabulator's rejections of thousands of ballots. So we're picking up right here. <clears throat> if the highlighter worked, I wonder if the drawing function works. The drawer works. Okay, what's up with that? <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm getting distracted. Okay. Anyways, uh, the tabulator's rejection of thousands of ballots set off a domino chain of electoral improprieties, rampant administrative chaos and confusion, lengthy delays at polling sites, and ultimately the prevention of qualified voters from having their votes counted. Video footage, first-hand accounts, and expert testimony directly contradict Maricopa County officials' public statements deliberately attempting to downplay these events. Such acts, along with the government censorship programs described above, in which defendants Hobbs and Richer participated, only serve to amplify Americans' deepening distrust in our election system. The evidence, including a detailed sworn declaration by a cyber expert who, among other things, spent nine years testing electronic voting machines on behalf of the same voting system testing label, uh, testing lab, VSTL, Voting System Testing Laboratory, uh, that certified the machines in Maricopa County, shows that the machine shows that the machine failures. Arizona voters experienced in Maricopa County on election day could not have occurred absent intentional misconduct. Thousands of voters disproportionately Republican gave up voting due to the long wait times or simply avoided the polls after seeing the chaos reported on the news. The expert evidence shows conservatively that at least between, geez, 15,603 and 29,257 Republican voters were disenfranchised from voting as a direct consequence of the voting machine failures in Maricopa. Goodness me oh my oh guys 15 grand to 29 30 grand that many people that many people what was what was the margin of defeat again 17k <laughs> 17k in addition it is well known that mail-in ballots are one of the voting methods most vulnerable to election fraud after the contested 2000 presidential election, the bipartisan Jimmy Carter James Baker Commission uh, identified absentee ballots as the largest source of potential voter fraud. Building confidence in U.S. elections, report of the Commission on Federal Election Reform at 46, September 2005. In the 2022 general election, over 1.3 million ballots were cast through the mail-in vote or placed in drop boxes in Maricopa County. Testimony by whistleblowers and witnesses with firsthand knowledge shows that Maricopa County officials violated Arizona chain of custody laws for hundreds of thousands of these mail-in ballots. These chain of custody laws are a critical deterrent to keep illegal mail-in votes from infecting the election. With no chain of custody, there there's no way to tell whether over 300,000 ballots cast in Maricopa County are legal ballots. Maricopa County officials also permitted the counting of tens of thousands of mail-in and dropbox ballots that did not satisfy signature verification requirements. Signature verification, whereby the signature on the ballot envelope is compared to the voter's signature on file to help confirm that person who completed the ballot is actually the voter, is one of the most important methods of preventing mail-in ballot fraud. If the signature associated with the ballot does not match the signature on file with the government, the ballot cannot be counted unless the signature mismatch is properly cured.
Below is an example of a 2020 ballot envelope submitted in Maricopa County with the ballot signature shown on the left and the official file signature of the voter shown on the right. The fact that these two signatures do not match is clear, even from a cursory glance. Maricopa County election officials allowed tens of thousands of ballots with signature mismatches like this one to be counted in 2020. They did the same thing in the 2022 general election. The official election results certified by Secretary of State Katie Hobbs in the marquee race at the top of the ballot, a contest for the governorship between Hobbs herself and Carrie Lake, showed a difference in votes between the two candidates of approximately 0.67%, or 17,117 votes, out of about 2,559,485 votes cast. The separation of votes between Hobbs and Lake is far narrower than the number of presumptively illegal and illegally cast ballots in Arizona. The fact that 72% of voters don't believe this election can be trusted is a wake-up call. The election day debacle, together with other illegal and improper procedures through which the election was administered, preclude the defendants in this action from certifying Hobbs as the winner of the election. And we will put a pause on that there, guys. So, uh... That's quite the opening statement on this uh, lawsuit, ladies and gentlemen. Quite the opening statement on this lawsuit. Okay, so uh, there's clearly a lot more detail in here. I'll spill over this on my own time, guys, and then uh, we'll see if we can't get it posted somewhere. But uh, we'll figure that out, if not at least at the Telegram channel. Although, admittedly, the Telegram channel has been kind of on hiatus because... Uh, uh, there's far too much news coming in for me to post everything at once. I don't know how people keep up with this stuff. All right, guys. So uh, there you have it. Now uh, let's get on to our next bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know what? We're going to skip this one. Uh, Carrie Lake did an interview with the Charlie Kirk show uh, this past weekend, I guess. Again, CFNP. It's okay. We'll go to the Zionist instead. Instead of the Council for National Policy dude, we'll take the Zionist dude. Okay. All right. So uh, here's Carrie Lake discussing her lawsuit on the Bannon show. I'm a fan of Bannon. Okay. Just because I called him a Zionist, he calls himself a Zionist. Doesn't mean that I'm not a fan. Right. But we'll have to dig into that later. Anyways, let's take a listen. Who is, let me be blunt. When you do analysis, look at the data, you look at the lawsuit, is the governor-elect of Arizona? There's just no doubt she won this election, okay? And they've circled the wagons to protect Katie Hobbs. And this is going to be a battle royale because if you're, if you're in for a penny, you got to be in for a pound here on this fight, right? And the fight is in Arizona, and the fight is in Arizona today. Carrie Lake, walk me through details on your lawsuit, ma'am. Well, 70 page. Thanks for having me on this morning. 70 pages. Uh, our lawsuit, we dropped uh, it. We didn't drop it. We I'm acting like it's an album. We filed it on Friday and it is damning. It is damning to within detail and evidence in how our elections in Maricopa County were run and here in Arizona. And this is about restoring faith in our elections. You talked about COVID. You talked about what's being revealed. It was all there to really do a president bring down president trump 
and lead to uh, the issues that led to the 2020 rigged election. Nothing was done about it. Very little was done to fix any of the problems that we saw in 2020. And now we get 2022 and it's even worse. It's all of the same stuff they pulled in 2020. And then they went above and beyond on that, Steve. We have uh, whistleblowers that we have in our uh, webs or on our uh, uh, lawsuit, pardon me, that say three, just about 300,000 illegal votes with no chain of custody were run through the system. We believe more than 130,000 votes uh, are possibly a terrible uh, voter uh, you know, verification and shouldn't have been counted. We have whistleblowers who were part of that signature verification who said every day they were churning out tens of thousands of, of ballots that should not have even been in the system. They had fake or no signatures or scribbles somehow pushed through by somebody in the verification process. Hey, 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 slow down right there with the 300,000 and 130. You have these, and I realize that didn't get, you, you've got a procedures manual read to that the procedures and processes of these elections have to be gone by a, a certain strict sets of procedures right. and processes that is overseen by both Maricopa County executives and ultimately the secretary of state that yep. is your opponent that did not step down. What you're saying, processes that she's promulgated under her signature, both for chain of custody and signature verification, you have 300,000 ballots at least chain of custody that right. are not are not eligible and 130,000 signature verifications that you know from inside people. Uh, and you've put some examples up there that shows you how ludicrous it is. And this is according to her the rules that are agreed to that she's supposed to oversee correct in yeah. that. I mean, let, let's face it, elections and election rules are not, they're not uh, optional. They're not like, well, follow these if you want. They're mandatory and they're put there for a reason, especially as all of these states and counties toward mail-in ballots, signature verification and chain of custody are our only security to make sure we're having legal votes counted. We believe there were hundreds of thousands of illegal votes counted, and we believe our lawsuit proves it, not to mention that one of the biggest and greatest experts when it comes to certification machines and uh, that type of, of, of background says that the only way for this to have happened was through intentional wrongdoing. We did not certify the machines that were used on election day. And we had printers that were going down in almost 60% of election day voting centers. We had uh, equipment that was malfunctioning. Now, put it into scale here, 75% of the people voting on election day were voting for me. And if you have 60% of the locations where the equipment's not working, that's a big problem. So what they did is in areas where the Democrats were voting, mail-in ballots, they loosened all procedures designed to make sure that was secure, to make sure every vote got through, even the illegal ones. And when it came to election day where our people were voting, they made it almost impossible. And for in some cases, they did make it impossible for people to vote. By statute in the state of Arizona, chain of custody, signature verification, and the certification of machines, they're not optional, correct, ma'am? They're not optional. And they pulled a lot of this in 2020 to A.G. Brnovich, uh, writing a pretty scathing report, uh, it, talking and, and mentioning how important signature verification. It, it really is the last line of defense to make sure that these ballots are legal. 
And we saw the movie 2000 Mules. We saw how many ballots were thrown into those drop boxes. You need to make sure the ballots that are being counted are legal. I would assume that every voter wants that. Nobody wants to have a ballot counted that is a fake ballot, not really to a voter, a legal voter. Just once again, I want to make sure everybody understands this. And this is why we had a homework assignment over the weekend for the uh, War Room audience, the War Room posse, to, to read this. It's, it's shocking in its revelations. What is shocking is, is that they just determined they're going to call audibles. Like you go scream, you see another defense, you're going to call audible. According to Arizona law, ma'am, election law, they don't have the ability to call audibles. Is that correct? This is all by statute right. and by the process. Is correct? That's, that's correct. You go by the manual, you go by the law. And, you know, I forgot to mention the uh, these 25,000 additions and I should call them ballots that were just found after Election Day. 25,000 injected into the system. Where did they come from? There's no chain of custody. And this is all revealed in. Our I'm sorry, guys. I don't know what the deal is here. Okay, let me see. This should be right off of Bannon's rumble. I don't know why there's all of this uh, cutting out of the numbers, cutting out of what went wrong. It's almost like they don't want an audio imprint with this woman speaking the truth. And I'm not saying Bannon's doing it, even though I just called him. Oh, this is from that's not okay. <laughs> this is not from Bannon's war room. Okay, let me let me try and find one that doesn't sound so chopped up. Oh my goodness. You hear you hear that? It's like it's like uh we had thick ballots and we need to make sure that the ballot and the you know, I just I can't deal with it. I need I need total truth, okay? We need full coverage, okay. <laughs> okay, sorry guys. I didn't know that was a I didn't know that that uh that clip was bust. It was bunk. It's bunk as far as I'm concerned. Um she he had night he had 15 minutes with her. Okay, let's see here. I will don't make me put on Kirk. Okay, um, let's see here. Don't make me do it. All right, let me look at this one. Do to do. Hope you guys are doing well today on this Wednesday. Okay, we're just gonna, I'm just gonna. Flash forward, it's probably the early edition. Okay, it's probably the early edition. Okay, it's this one. Do you guys want me to sing the CCP song while we're waiting? Taking down the CCP. <laughs> oh no, it's Pasobic. There's another one. Okay, from the CFNP. All right, uh, let's see here. Jeez. Talk about knowing how to make 15 minutes of Carrie Lake disappear. Okay. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe it wasn't that one. I thought it would have been the early edition. Oh, God, he had four of them today. No, three, two. Mm, okay, let's just go with this one. All right, guys. Let's give this one more go, y'all. One more go. And the removal of Nixon and the silent coup. It's not just talking about Trump and populist festering. If you look at Lake to protect Katie White is in Arizona today. Carrie Lake, walk me through the details on your lawsuit, ma'am. 
Well, 70 page. Thanks for having me on this morning. 70 pages. Uh, our lawsuit. We dropped. Uh, we didn't drop it. We. I'm acting like it's an album. We filed it on Friday, and it is damning. It is damning to within detail and evidence in how our elections in Maricopa County were run and here in Arizona. And this is about restoring faith in our elections. You talked about COVID. You talked about what's being revealed. It was all there to really destroy a president, bring down President Trump, and lead to uh, the issues that led to the 2020 rigged election. Nothing was done about it. Very little was done to fix any of the problems that we saw in 2020. And now we get 2022 and it's even worse. It's all of the same stuff they pulled in 2020. And then they went above and beyond on that, Steve. We have uh, whistleblowers that we have in our uh, webs or on our uh, uh, lawsuit, pardon me, that say 300, just about 300,000 illegal votes with no chain of custody were run through the system. We believe more than 130,000 votes uh, are possibly have terrible uh, voter uh, you know, verification and shouldn't have been counted. We have whistleblowers who were part of that signature verification who said every day they were churning out tens of thousands of of ballots that should not have even been in the system. They had fake or no signatures or scribbles, but they were somehow pushed through by somebody in verification process. Hey, 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 slow down right there with the 300,000 and 130. You have these, and I realize that didn't, you, you've got a procedures manual that is agreed to that the procedures and processes of these elections have to be gone by a, a certain strict sets of procedures right. and processes that is overseen by both Maricopa County executives and ultimately the secretary of state that yep. is your opponent that did not step down. What you're saying in the processes that she's promulgated under her signature, both for chain of custody and signature verification, you have 300,000 ballots at least on chain of custody that right. are not are not eligible and 130,000 signature verifications that you know from inside people uh, and you've put some examples up there that shows you how ludicrous it is. And this is according to her, the rules that are agreed to that she's supposed to oversee. Am I correct in yeah. that? Yeah. I mean, let, let's face it. Election laws and election rules are not, they're not uh, optional. They're not like, well, follow these if you want. They're mandatory and they're put there for a reason, especially as all of these states and counties push toward mail-in ballots. Signature verification and chain of custody are our only security to make sure we're having legal votes counted. We believe there were hundreds of thousands of illegal votes counted, and we believe our lawsuit proves it. Not to mention that one of the biggest and greatest experts when it comes to certification of machines and uh, that type of, of, of background says that the only way for this to have happened was through intentional wrongdoing. They did not certify the machines that were used on election day. And we had printers that were going down in almost 60% of election day voting centers. We had uh, equipment that was malfunctioning. Now put it into scale here, 75% of the people voting on election day were voting for me. And if you have 60% of the locations where the equipment's not working, that's a big problem. So what they did is in areas where the Democrats were voting, mail-in ballots, they loosened all of the procedures designed to make sure that was secure, to make sure every vote got through, even the illegal ones. And when it came to election day where our people were voting, 
they made it almost impossible. And for in some cases, they did make it impossible for people to vote. By statute in the state of Arizona, chain of custody, signature verification, and the certification of machines, they're not optional, correct, ma'am? They're not optional. And they pulled a lot of this in 2020, leading to A.G. Brnovich uh, writing a pretty scathing report talking and and mentioning how important signature verification is. It it really is the last line of defense to make sure that these ballots are legal. And we saw the movie 2000 Mules. We saw how many ballots were thrown into those drop boxes. We need to make sure the ballots that are being counted are legal. I would assume that every voter wants that. Nobody wants to have a ballot counted that is a fake ballot, not really tied to a voter, a legal voter. Just once again, I want to make sure everybody understands this. And this is why we had a homework assignment over the weekend for the uh, War Room audience, the War Room posse, to, to read this. It's it's shocking in its revelations. What is shocking is is that they just determined they're going to call audibles. Like you go up the line of scrimmage, you see another defense, you're going to call an audible. According to Arizona law, ma'am, election law, they don't have the ability to call audibles. Is that correct? This is all by statute <laughs> right. and by the process and procedures, correct? That's that's correct. You go by the manual, you go by the law. And, you know, I forgot to mention the uh, these twenty five thousand additional votes and ballots, I should call them ballots that were just found after Election Day. Twenty five thousand injected into the system. Where did they come from? There's no chain of custody on those. And this is all revealed in our lawsuit. There's so many. This is why it's a 70 page lawsuit. We have more than two hundred and seventy exhibits that we have put down uh, in this lawsuit that we attached to the lawsuit and brought down to the court. And they will be looking through this. These are declarations that people uh, signed under the threat of perjury. And they're willing to put everything on the line to say, this is what was going on. Our whistleblower from Runbeck said they were able to have uh, families just drop off. Family members could drop off their ballots. That's not an official site. That's not an official site for dropping off ballots. There's no chain of custody. If Katie Hobbs knew she had the receipts to basically legitimize herself, because, you know, 72% of the people think that something went on here, untoward. If she had the receipts to show that she was legitimate, she would come forth and, and answer all this. All they're doing is obfuscating. The reason is... They ain't got the receipts. They understand that this election was stolen. Let me underline that five times. Stolen. She is illegitimate as Joe Biden. Taking down the CCP. Okay, y'all. So there you go. Not much left to be said, guys. Now, uh, Mr. Bannon here... um, brought out some very good points uh i wish however i wish that uh he'd let carrie lake talk a little bit more about runbeck and he might have in the rest of this interview it's not posted here but uh we're gonna talk about runbeck now guys because uh t- we're already almost done with the show now runbeck printing election services whatever you want to call them we I don't know. We dragged these guys like over a year ago. Okay. Uh, 2021, you know, we were on the beat here at the sea report, uh, sharing all this information that we could find about Runbeck election services. 
And I, I was quite dumbfounded. I know I shouldn't have been quite dumbfounded that I'm still having to report about Runbeck election services because there was so much damning information that came out about them in the last go round that I was for sure that they would not be caught with their pants down again. Boy, was I wrong. Now, um, I would I would highly recommend going back to uh, the C report episodes where we talk about runbacks. Probably going to be God, I don't even know, guys. Like sometime in the spring summer of last year. Okay, and uh, the reason why I would say I recommend going back to that if you should cho- so choose to do so. We got enough to cover on them tonight to like you know kind of re up on uh, all of their improprieties and lawlessness. Okay, but a lot of those articles and stuff are, I I mean, I didn't do a deep scour, admittedly, before getting this together of all the Runbeck stuff I could find. But, you know, one of the main sources I had on Runbeck, some of their articles were missing that I used to reference in my previous uh, previous episode about Runbeck services. But, you know, as as Carrie Lake pointed out, and I knew this was going to happen. I'm sure everyone knew this was going to happen. Everyone who knows knew uh, that they were going to have whistleblowers working on those county lines, working at Runbeck Election Services. I might not have guessed, but hey, it's good to hear about that. And uh, so apparently they had a whistleblower or two working at Runbeck. And I know there were whistleblowers working on that line. So, uh, yeah, Uh, Tam Growl says Runbeck Printing and Shredding Company. The shredding, ladies and gentlemen, is a real thing. Okay, I mean it's a real thing. I mean we show you we showed you guys the photograph, uh, those images of all of the uh, shredded paper outside of the printing services across from the counting center in like one of the uh, one of the uh, the towns near the border in Texas. Okay, and then this was happening in Georgia, in Pennsylvania, in New York, in Colorado, now in Arizona, obviously. Okay, so let's do a quick rundown on Runbeck. Okay, guys, shows uh, time is limited, but quick rundown on Runbeck. This is going to be like the gateway pundit uh, uh, portal for the next few minutes, because this is where you're getting most of your information from. Okay, Uh, so this one is from this year. Okay, I say this year because, yeah, we've got other years to go through, guys. But uh, behind closed doors, more on Runbeck election services in Maricopa County and the scanning of ballot envelopes. This was published... uh, Uh, Well, uh, almost a month ago to the day. Okay, so you see how much information was coming and going? Still catching up. More on Runbeck election services. So just real quick, Maricopa County is the only jurisdiction in the county and the country that picks up completed ballots at USPS Postal Service Processing Distribution Center, but does not bring them back to the election department or tabulation center. Uh, Maricopa County picks up mail-in ballots and takes them directly to its print vendor, Runbeck Election Services, which is headquartered in Phoenix. Uh, Every single completed mail-in ballot, whether mailed or dropped off at a polling place, goes to Runbeck. All mail-in ballots collected on Election Day and the previous few days are sitting at Runbeck headquarters. Maricopa has no idea how many ballots are in their possession because the ballots are at their print vendor. Maricopa allegedly uses Runbeck because they have high-speed scanners. Runbeck scans the ballots in batches to create a digital image of each envelope signature area. This batch of images is uh, given to the Maricopa County Tribulation Center for poll worker review. Uh, The MCTEC notifies Runbeck if 
any of those signatures do not match, Runbeck separates out those bad envelopes, then delivers both sets of these envelopes by van to the MCTEC, which is six miles away. MCTEC then opens the envelopes and starts the tabulation process. This batch process is repeated until all mail-in ballot envelopes are scanned at Runbeck. This takes 10 to 12 days after every general election and ballot envelopes, ballots envelopes are delivered each day by Runbeck vans. Runbeck uses the Bluecrest Vantage mail processing machines to scan these ballot envelopes. This machine can process 40 to 50,000 ballots an hour. These machines can also automatically scan the ballot signatures using embedded commercial grade check caching signature software from Periscript. But Maricopa continues to use its slow manual batch process for reviewing signatures. These Vantage machines cost $1.6 million each. Uh, Detroit just purchased one in early 2022. Maricopa would could, could purchase two of these machines and process roughly 90,000 ballots an hour in-house. But Maricopa continues to re-sign contracts with Runbeck, which prevents them from bringing all this in-house. On Friday, RAV, Real America's Voice, reported uh, reporter Ben Burkwam, uh, Burkwam followed a Penske truck from the Maricopa Election Center back to Runbeck several miles away. Once the truck arrived at Runbeck, the gate was closed behind it. The fence prevents anyone from seeing inside the facility's parking lot. And so uh, here's that report from Ben Burkwam. More of the Penske trucks at the Maricopa County Elections Office, almost like history repeating itself from 2020. Is, this, is, it, is it in confidence or in corruption? From that point on, the election uh, takes place behind closed doors. Runbeck Election Services has much of Maricopa's election data before it gets manipulated by Maricopa election officials. Runbeck knows exactly how many were on the qualified voter file given to them by Maricopa. Runbeck knows how many ballots they printed, how many were mailed and to who and when. They know exactly how many completed ballot envelopes were returned to their Phoenix headquarters and if these came up from the United States Postal Service or from polling places. They know how many uh, completed ballot envelopes they scanned for signatures and how many are left to scan. They possess the they possess the high resolution envelope signature images for every Maricopa County mail-in ballot. Maricopa has still not provided all chain of custody documents from Runbeck and United States Postal Service for the 2020 election. When Cyber Ninjas conducted their 2021 Maricopa audit, Arizona Senator President Karen Fan would not permit Doug Logan to subpoena Runbeck for signature images or any other information. In fact, Fan purposely blocked anyone from even talking with Runbeck. Runbeck has been shielded from every investigation involving Maricopa election fraud. Even Arizona Attorney General Brnovich refused to interview staff at Runbeck. Concerned campaigns and election investigations should target Runbeck for data. Runbeck plays a critical role in Maricopa elections, but are never held accountable to the public. With this much control over Maricopa County elections, Runbeck must be forced to open their books and become transparent. I would think so, wouldn't you, ladies and gentlemen? I would very well say so. So uh, here comes some more on Runbeck. This is from 2022, guys. 
It might be refreshing people's memories. The fix is in. Arizona ballots make a stop at Runbeck Printing Company to scan ballot envelopes before they are sent to the county with no observers. So this is just an, this is just the pre pre article to the one that we just read. Again, coming from the Gateway Pundit. Okay, so it's just it's there you go. There's Ben Burkwam again. Just there's the Penske truck. Just reaffirming what we just read, right? But we're not done yet, guys. Okay, so we're gonna go to this next one. Oh, here's this. Maricopa County's unique process in handling ballot exposes added opportunity for fraud. So there's all of these boxes. You remember? Do you guys remember the pallet of ballots from 2020, guys? Do y'all remember the pallet of ballots? Okay. Anyhow. So here's where we talk about the whistleblower. All right. Now, this is right off of um, uh, the uh, conversation that we just overheard that we're sharing this, guys. So a huge Runbeck whistleblower reveals that chain of custody for over 298,942 Maricopa County ballots delivered to Runbeck on Election Day did not exist. Employees allowed to add family members uh, ballots without any documentation. Okay. So the Gateway Pundit reported yesterday on this historic lawsuit, which claims that hundreds of thousands of illegal uh, votes were counted in the election. Uh, never in United States history has there been so much evidence compiled of a fraudulent election taking place. The brave attorneys representing Carrie Lake are heroes who deserve a Medal of Freedom. Uh, okay, we're not good. We already read some of the complaint. Now, Maricopa County election officials engaged in numerous breaches of Arizona election law in their handling and custody of ballots making it impossible to conclude that the vote tallies reported by Maricopa County accurately reflect the votes cast by Arizona voters, contends the lawsuit. Carrie Lake's team of experts, expert attorneys have gathered evidence from a signed witness testimony, Runbeck whistleblowers and Maricopa County whistleblowers to craft a 70-page lawsuit against Maricopa County and Secretary of State Katie Hobbs. Included in the complaint is a shocking claim by a Runbeck employee that nearly 300,000 ballots were delivered to Runbeck on election day with no chain of custody documentation. Maricopa County is the only jurisdiction in the country that picks up completed ballots at United States Postal Service Processing Distribution Center, but does not bring them back to the election department or tabulation center. Instead, Maricopa County picks up mail-in ballots and takes them directly to its printer vendor, Runbeck Election Services, headquartered in Phoenix. Uh, the Gateway Pundit has reported on Runbeck Services in Maricopa County. The county still has not provided uh, all chain of custody of uh, documents from Runbeck and the United States Postal Service for the 2020 election. I would say without that documentation, 2022 should not have happened. Uh, the scanning of ballot envelopes takes place behind closed doors and apparently with no documentation. According to Carrie Lake's lawsuit contesting the 2022 election, a Runbeck employee stated that Runbeck received 298,942 ballots on election day, which includes the early vote ballots. That require, the required chain of custody for these ballots does not exist. Maricopa County also asked Runbeck how many ballots were received on election night, demonstrating that they did not even know how many ballots were in Runbeck's custody. Further, Maricopa County did not produce a single early vote ballot transport statement chain of custody document from election day drop box ballot retrievals. Early voting ballot transport statements are required every time ballots are retrieved from a vote center or drop box. 
The Gateway Pundit previously reported on a 2020 election report from Verity Vote discovered that 740,000 ballots lacked completed early voting ballot transport statements. 1514 out of 1895 unique EVBTS forms had no ballot counts. That's 1514 out of 1895 unique early vote ballot transport statements had no ballots. Okay. When was that one published? I think uh, we shared that story. Mm, okay. Anyways, oh, it's, okay. carrying on, carrying on. Uh, as the Gateway Pundit reported, the Arizona Attorney General released a report in April 2022, which revealed that between 100,000 and 200,000 ballots were transported without a proper chain of custody, and signature verification standards were greatly decreased in the 2020 election. And yet Brnovich couldn't do anything about it, right? The attorney general also concluded that Maricopa County failed to follow the EPM procedures when transporting 20% of the early ballots from Dropbox locations to the MCTEC. The Runbeck employees also revealed that 9,530 duplicate ballots are transported without any chain of custody documentation. They were simply handed over to the delivery driver, states the lawsuit. Additionally, employees of Runbeck were allowed to add their own ballots and family member ballots to the batches without chain of custody documentation. All of these ballots were illegally cast and counted. The complaint states there is no way to know whether 50 ballots or 50,000 ballots were unlawfully added in the election in this way. The Runbeck facility is not a legal ballot drop-off site. Given this blatant violation of Arizona law, there is no way to tell the number of ballots that were illegally injected into the 2022 election. And then uh, let's see here from uh, Carrie Lake's historic lawsuit, illegal ballot handling and chain of custody failures with respect to over 300,000 ballots make the outcome of the election uncertain. Maricopa County election officials engaged in numerous breaches of Arizona election law in their handling and custody of ballots, making it impossible to conclude that the vote tallies reported by Maricopa County accurately reflect the votes cast by Arizona voters. Arizona law requires that the county recorder or the office in charge of elections shall maintain records that record the chain of custody of all election equipment and ballots during early voting through the completion of provisional voting tabulation. A proper chain of custody is not ministerial. Uh, the U.S. Election Assistance Commission instructs that chain of custody is essentially to a transparent and trustworthy election is essential. Uh, chain of custody documents provide evidence that can be used to authenticate election results, corroborate post-election tabulation audits, and demonstrate that election outcomes can be trusted. A uh, let's see, uh, Arizona Revised Statute of uh, 16-452C states a person who violates any rule adopted pursuant to this section is guilty of a class two misdemeanor. Their criminal penalty underscores the Arizona State Legislature's recognition of the critical nature of expressly following chain of custody requirements with respect to ballots. The Arizona Elections Process Procedure Manual, pages 61 to 62, establishes required procedures for secure ballot retrieval and chain of custody for all drop box ballots. The requirements include that each county uh, must confirm receipt of the retrieved ballots by signing the retrieval form and indicating the date and time of receipt on the form. The retrieval form must be attached to the outside of the transport container or maintained in a way that ensures the form is traceable to the respective ballot container. Uh, 
Significantly, when the secure transport container is open by the county recorder, the number of ballots inside the container shall be counted and noted on the retrieval form. Maricopa County election officials received two categories of early voting ballots on Election Day, EV ballots received at ballot drop-off sites and mail-in ballots returned through the U.S. Postal Service. Maricopa County delivered these ballots to Runbeck to obtain electronic images on signature on signatures on the ballots. After scanning, the ballots were eventually transferred back to Maricopa County Tabulation and Election Center. Maricopa County failed to maintain and document the required secure chain of custody for hundreds of thousands of ballots in violation of Arizona law, including, as described below, for over 298,942 ballots delivered to Runbeck on Election Day. A Runbeck employee observed that Maricopa County elections workers delivered early vote ballots retrieved from the ballot drop boxes and mail-in ballots from the Postal Service, neither of which were accompanied by any of the required chain of custody, custody paperwork which, among other things, would document the number of ballots received from the ballot drop boxes. According to the employee, Runbeck received 298,942 ballots on election day, which includes the early vote ballots. The required chain of custody for these ballots does not exist. Indeed, two days later, on November 10th, 2022, the employee observed that Maricopa County had to ask Runbeck how many ballots Runbeck had received on election night, demonstrating that Maricopa County itself did not know how many early vote ballots had been retrieved from ballot drop boxes on election day in violation of Arizona law. The Runbeck employee's testimony is confirmed by Maricopa County's response to a public worker's request for a chain of custody forms. Early voting ballot transport statements were produced by Maricopa County on December 6, 2022 in response to a public records request by Lake. Maricopa County produced 1,149 of these documents dated October 12th through November 7th, but not a single document from election day drop box ballot retrievals. This happened in 2020 also, guys. Uh, the official Canvas report indicated that Maricopa County received over 292,000 early vote ballots, not including provisional and ballots picked up by the United States Postal Service, dropped off on election day. However, Maricopa County did not produce chain of custody for documents, documents for these reported election day drop box ballots. The fact that no required chain of custody documentation exists for these 298,942 ballots, as well as others, is further confirmed by the sworn testimony of a credentialed election observer at the Maricopa County uh, TEC. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I like uh, tabulation and uh, uh, election counting center on election day. Uh, that observer testified she observed the trucks and vehicles delivering ballots and memory cards from the vote centers and ballot drop boxes. She observed the delivery of the transport containers of ballots retrieved from drop boxes on election night. The witness observed this receipt, the receipt and processing of the ballot transport containers. She saw the MCTEC workers cut the plastic security seals of the ballot transport containers and let them fall to the floor without any attempt to record to record seal numbers. When the transport containers were open, the, ballot the ballots inside the containers were not counted and therefore no numbers were given or recorded on the retrieval forms. She observed the transport containers of early voting ballots delivered without any required documentation or paperwork on the outside of the containers. No early voting ballot transport statements were utilized. She observed early ballot envelopes being removed by workers from opened containers without any attempt to count them or document them as required 
required by Arizona law. She observed packages of misfed slash misread ballots collected and moved around with no discernible process to track or account for the ballots. She observed temporary employees moving unsecured metal carts full of ballots without any security or monitoring. The entire ballot transfer process provides opportunities for legal ballots to be lost or illegal ballots to be added. Chain of custody procedures and documentation prevent ballots from being lost or added. Chain of custody documentation must show the location, ballot container seal number, date, time, and ballot couriers for every transfer. Yet ballots were transferred without documentation of chain of custody. The Runbeck employee also testified that she observed Runbeck employees were permitted to add their own and family members' ballots into the batches of incoming ballots without any documentation or tracking the chain of custody of these ballots. There is no way to know whether five or whether 50 ballots or 50,000 ballots were unlawfully added into the election in this way. The Runbeck facility is not a legal ballot drop-off site. Ballots not delivered to the office of the county recorder are not valid and should not be counted. Arizona Revised Statute 16-5047D. Arizona Revised Statute 16-1016 states that it is unlawful to knowingly add a ballot to those legally cast at any election by fraudulently introducing the ballot into the ballot box either or either before or after the ballots in the ballot box have been counted. Given this blatant violation of Arizona law, there's no way to tell the number of ballots that were illegally injected into the 2022 election. Throughout the 2022 election cycle, Runbeck printed duplicate ballots. These are duplicates of ballots that had been damaged in some way or could not be read by the tabulator. The selections from the voter were supposed to be filled in and a new duplicate ballot printed. The Runbeck employee stated that there were at least 9,530 duplicate ballots printed. When these ballots were picked up by Maricopa County, there was no documentation, no delivery slash shipping receipt, no chain of custody documentation, no signature. They were simply handed over to the delivery driver. In 2021, the Arizona Attorney General expressly warned Maricopa that it has been violating ballot chain of custody procedures. Specifically, on April 6, 2021, Attorney General Mark Burnabish issued a report concluding that Maricopa County violated Arizona law by failing to maintain a proper chain of custody for early ballots retrieved from ballot drop boxes in connection with the 2020 election. The Attorney General wrote, These procedures designed to preclude ballot tampering are critical given the volume of early ballots that were dropped at these locations during the 2020 general election. Yet, Maricopa County again violated Arizona law concerning chain of custody for early ballots retrieved from ballot drop boxes during the 2022 election. On October 25, 2022, Secretary Hobbs wrote in a letter to Cochise County that it had no discretion to deviate from the requirements that are established by the Arizona legislature and in the EMP election procedures manual concerning elections. Secretary Hobbs made clear the importance that counties to uh, made clear the importance that counties adhere to precisely what the statute and the 2019 election procedures manual require. Under Arizona law, the board has only those powers expressly conferred by statute, and the board may exercise no powers except those specifically granted by statute and in the manner fixed by statute.
So there's a big hunk of chunk of the lawsuit we didn't get to read earlier, guys. What do y'all think about that, huh? That's some pretty damning information there. That is, guys. And all, all, all of this falling on the shoulders of Runbeck for the most part. I mean, yeah, obviously there are all these other bad actors down there in Arizona. Uh, but that is a, that is a mouthful right there, guys. That is a mouthful right there. Now, uh, that was part and parcel from Carrie Lake's lawsuit, again, filed on Friday. Uh, but like I said, Runbeck, they've been doing this for a minute, guys. So um, without belaboring the point, a few articles uh, from the past about Runbeck, okay? Here's from 2021. Maricopa County relegated election processes to a printer who did not provide accurate counts of ballots received by election day nor chain of custody details remember like we just read in this lawsuit whenever maricopa county whenever whenever the uh, senate during the audit had filed subpoenas to get this information from runbeck they gave them all the information except for election day they didn't they did not give them that information they did it again in 2022 okay Here's a pattern, right? Pattern of detail. You know, Maricopa County. Uh, okay, so we read that. That was in the headline. Uh, let's see here. In Arizona, the United States Postal Service. Oh, it, this this explains the whole system again. It goes to the United States Postal Service Distribution Center. They receive the ballots. You know, then it goes to Runbeck from there. Okay. So uh, let's move on down here. The qual voter list is pulled from the VRAS and provided to Runbeck. They must begin mailing early ballots on October 7th by law. However, the liberal organization Mi Familia waited until days before this deadline to file a lawsuit. They partnered with Unidos United States, La Raza, and the Lincoln Project, uh, all uh, closet homosexual Republicans. The court changed this October 5th deadline to the 23rd. A week later, the date was changed to the 15th during an appeal by A.G. Brnovich. Over 43,000 voter registrations were added during this extra 10 days of registration chaos. Reviewing voter rolls from December, December through February shows 860 residential locations had 10 or more registered voters, some with over 20. There were thousands of addresses with between five and nine registered voters. The goal of nefarious actors would be to stuff the VRAS with as many names and addresses as possible to ensure they make it on the qual voter list sent to Runbeck. The deputy registrar initiative by County Recorder Adrian Fontes gave 638 volunteers from left-leaning groups access to the VRAS system, allowing them to process registration forms. Okay, that's just a piece of it. Like most ballot print shops, Runbeck delivers the sealed ballots directly to the United States Postal Service PNDC for distribution. Um, in Phoenix, this is a massive 400,000 square foot, 400, 400, square foot facility with 56 letter sorting machines. The Arizona USPS PNDC forwards those ballots out to 74 U.S. post offices located around Maricopa County. Each local PO sorts the ballots by carrier routes and puts them in sequence for the line of travel. Um, ballots are then loaded into the vehicles used by the mail carriers. These carriers typically have 350 to 700 locations on their daily routes. This includes apartments, centralized uh, mailboxes, businesses, etc. A typical city zip code like those in Phoenix would require 15 to 30 carrier routes. Uh, and have 15 to 25,000 total locations. The Tucson PD, PNDC 
um, will soon be consolidated or closed. After that, every inbound and outbound ballot in Arizona will be processed at the Phoenix P and DC. In 2020, there were 5,330 USPS mail carriers employed in Arizona. Uh, they deliver uh, mail by fleet or feet. These are not the clerks, machine operators, or sorters. Uh, Maricopa County is 62% of Arizona's population. This means roughly 3,300 USPS mail carriers were in possession of the 2,364,426 ballots sent to voters over the 24 election mail days in Arizona for 2020. Any completed ballots collected during their routes are sent back to the Phoenix PDNC. Maricopa election officials then pick up the completed mail-in ballots at this PDNC. A similar ballot delivery process to the above takes place all across America. But in Maricopa, when ballots are picked up at the Phoenix PDNC um, by election officials, they are not taken to the county tabulation center. Runbeck is the first to receive completed mail-in ballots in Maricopa County from the United States Postal Service. Okay, so you guys are getting the idea, right? It's like we just read this article 20 minutes ago. No. They just reprinted an article from two years ago, basically, guys, because it's the same thing. We're dealing with the same thing here again, guys. Okay. So um, here's where they're talking about the chain of custody. None of the chain of custody documentation for ballots picked up at the PNDNC or Runbeck were provided to the Senate auditors. Okay. It says, in fact, recorder Adrian Fontes, who's now going to be the Secretary of State under a stolen election, right? Okay, reduced absentee ballot scrutiny specifically for the 2020 election. In the image below, you can see the inspection boxes were reduced from three to two in the lead up to the election. Again, no documentation validating the move of ballots between entities was provided to the auditors of the county's election process. Okay, so here we go. This is uh, describing some of their process. So 2019, look at this process. All of these boxes here. 2020, where'd all the other boxes go? I mean, come on. <laughs> See, so weight, inspection, operation. So you have inspection, weight, inspection, 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 weight, weight, inspection. Okay, so clearly, guys, <laughs> something's up. Okay. Now, like I said, that was 2020. And that's one of the articles. And it says right here, Maricopa County never provided exact totals of uncounted ballots after November 3rd. On election night, almost every county knew exactly how many ballots they had left to count. Maricopa would only provide a range like the like like the below 40,000 to 430,000 ballots left. This went on for days after the election. Always just ranges. In fact, a poll worker's Poll workers testified that the MCTEC supervisors thought they were done counting several times. Then a runback a runback van would show up. If they never publish an exact total, new ballots can be injected as needed. Okay. And let's see here. Finally, when the Arizona Senate started their audit of the 2020 election results in Maricopa County, mail-in ballots were in their audit scope and the images of all ballot envelopes were requested by the auditors. On April 27, 2021, Maricopa County supervisors stated these digital images of signatures had been delivered to Senate auditors. They resisted for months while making disparaging comments about the auditors. Maricopa finally uh, delivered these 
images on August 19th without any apology. We have no idea what was being done to these ballot envelopes and images during these months when the county claimed wrongly that these images had been provided to the Senate auditors. Who printed ballots for Fulton County, Georgia? And why is it important? Could it possibly be run back election services? This is from 2021, guys. I don't know who uh, Clever Journey's Creed is, but uh, thanks for the article. Even Democrat election observers provided sworn affidavits, cheating rampant for Biden ballots. Who are Kevin and Brian Runbeck? Democrat judge orders audit. This is Kevin Runbeck of Runbeck Election Services. Hmm? Now you got a face to the name. Where did thousands of mail-in ballots in pristine condition in Fulton County, Georgia, suddenly come from during the 2020 presidential election? They were printed by Runbeck Election Services in Phoenix, Arizona, but there is something very suspicious about these particular ballots. Who filed a U.S. patent application for a computer system for on-screen ballot duplication to be used for generating revised ballot? According to application number 20190311030, Kevin Runbeck did. Now that is a patent application for a computer system for on-screen ballot duplication to be used for regenerating or generating a revised ballot. Well, there you go. Ballot duplication system and methods thereof. Abstract, a computer-implemented system for on-screen ballot duplication is disclosed that may be deployed for generating a revised ballot that satisfies predetermined rules or thresholds for further processing. The first time I heard the name Kevin Runbeck was last month in an original pancake house nestled next to a Lazy Boy store near the Scottsdale Fashion Square Mall during breakfast. The server sat me at a small table facing an empty booth next to the front picture picture windows. Within seconds, she sat a man down on the right booth bench directly in my view. Wow, they took pictures too. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. He looked at me and I shrugged. Awkward. He laughed. So much for six feet of social distancing. That's okay. The man I'm meeting here is so loud you can hear him if they set you 30 feet away. About that time, his loud friend walked in the door, in the front door, and joined him. His name was Don, or Dan. I'll call him Don. He was tall and wore a straw cowboy hat. His voice indeed was at least as loud and noticeable as Slim Pickens or Chill Wills. I don't know who this guy is referencing. I saw, I'm sorry, I'm from the South, but I'm not that far South. Okay. <laughs> I'm not that Southern. I wasn't being nosy, but it was impossible not to learn a great deal about Don's thoughts and opinions. The first man, more fit and mild, was Greg. Both appeared to be in their 60s. By a good 10 minutes into their conversation, I determined Don was originally from Georgia, spent some time in Texas, and now had been living in Phoenix for at least a decade. I told you guys Runbeck was in Texas also, didn't I? Who's this? Judge Brian Amaro. Oh man. This is this is the buddy of tr of a uh, uh, voter GA guys. He's the one who threw out their case after stalling it for almost a year. Judge Brian Amaro. Okay, that's the man right there. Yeah, that's right. We're bringing Georgia into this guys. Okay? Runbeck, they're all over the place. 
Meanwhile, back in Georgia, Superior Court Judge Brian Amaro granted a forensics review of the 147,000 mail-in ballots cast in the November 3, 2020 presidential election. The judge approved the audit. After reading a lawsuit that uh, that could prove fraudulent ballots and other irregularities led to Joe Biden's 2020 win in Georgia, the Democrat-controlled Fulton County immediately hired criminal defense attorneys to fight the lawsuit, resulting in a temporary block of the audit. When my breakfast plate arrived, I tried to pay little attention to Loud Don, but when he said, it sounds like one of these Hunter Biden deals, I perked up. <laughs> Okay, so uh, what's this? Um, oh, okay, so this is a contributor name. So Brian Runbeck, Biden for president. Brian Runbeck, DSCC. Brian Runbeck, Act Blue. Brian Runbeck, Act Blue. Brian Runbeck, Act. You guys realize these are his campaign contributions, right? That's what that's what this is right here. That's what you're looking at. Okay, that's that's the owner of Runbeck. Okay. Don was telling Greg about Kevin Runbeck, chairman and owner of Runbeck Election Services. He mentioned Brian Runbeck. You won't even see Brian's name listed on their website, but he's in on it too. I wrote this quote on my napkin as a reminder to check into it. They print these election ballots right here, Phoenix, that go all over the country, even back home in Georgia, Don stated. They'll likely find them turning up here in Maricopa County too. Brian and Jim's names could be all over this. Okay, and then here's more receipts from Brian Runbeck's contributions to Act Blue, Democrat uh, nonprofit, $635 year to date. Uh, here's some more contribution information. Two weeks later, I'm back home in Texas reading my email and the subject of Kevin Runbeck pops up from a clever journeys reader. He's an intelligent man, very keen when it comes to politics. Serendipity kicked in, I thought, because that's the same name I heard in Flagstaff. The emails continued. Brian Runbeck identifies himself as the client services manager slash project manager and production coordinator at Runbeck Election Services, saying he manages the production of election ballots and related official election material. He claims he handles high pressure deadlines and high volume production. Stunningly, government records indicate Brian Runbeck was a prolific monetary contributor over 50 times in 2020 to Act Blue, Biden for President, and the Democrat Senatorial Campaign Committee, the DSCC. More of his um more of his um contribution receipts right here, guys. More contribution information. Okay. Cowboy Dawn at the Scottsdale Pancake House was right. Brian Runbeck is not mentioned on Runbeck Election Services website. There is a list of thumbnails, bios, and pictures of executives and leaders, but nothing, zero, nada on Brian. But there is a gym. Now, this might not be the gym the two men in the Scottsdale restaurant were talking about. However, Jim Suver is listed on Runbeck Election Services website as Vice President of Business Services. So here's some more faces, guys, to the names. Jim Suver and Kevin Runbeck. Okay. Where's Brian, right? 
Jim leads Runbeck's business development and strategic growth initiatives in all states and specific partner counties. He is also responsible for developing and maintaining strong governmental relationships. In the United States election space, Jim is well known for establishing and finding value in previously untapped markets. Jim was, has managed Runbeck's expansion to 18 states and Washington, D.C. Georgia sworn affidavits. Judge Amaro is a Democrat donor, but sworn affidavits from actual election monitors compelled him to order the ballot reviews. According to Real Clear Investigations, I'm going to pop this one open for me for later, Fulton County poll manager Susie Voyles testified she saw ballots marked for Joe Biden were suspiciously pristine and uniform while she was sorting through a large stack of mail-in ballots last November. I remember this story and we actually did have video of Susie Voyles. Yep, there she is. We we played this video. We did the whole nine yards with this story, guys. When Fulton County, Georgia poll manager Susie Voyle sorted through a large stack of mail-in ballots last November, she noticed an alarmingly odd pattern of uniformity in the markings for Joseph R. Biden. One after another, the absentee votes contained perfectly filled in ovals for Biden, except that each of the darkened bubbles featured an in identical white void inside them in the shape of a tiny crescent, indicating they'd been marked with a toner ink instead of a pen or pencil. Adding to suspicions, she noticed that all of the ballots were printed on different stock paper than the others she'd handled as part of a statewide hand recount of the razor-thin November 3 presidential election, and none was folded or creased, as she typically observed in mail-in ballots that had been removed from envelopes. In short, the Biden votes looked like they'd been duplicated by a copying machine. All of them were strangely pristine, said Voyles, who she said never had seen anything like that in 20 years, monitoring elections in Fulton County, which includes much of Atlanta. More poll workers in Fulton County swore, swore in affidavits that they also observed fake-looking ballots in stacks of absentee ballots for Biden. Robin Hall, a certified Fulton County recount observer, also testified she witnessed a number of boxes of absentee ballots marked 100% for Biden that appeared to be perfectly filled out as if they were pre-printed with the presidential candidate selected. She stated, they did not look like a person had filled this out at home. All of them looked alike. Judy Aub also worked at the World Congress Center on November 14th, where she observed the same thing. Suspicious batches of mail-in ballots for Biden, whose markings appeared identical as if they had been duplicated by a machine and not filled out by a voter at home. Barbara Hartman, another election official auditor, also doubted the authenticity of absentee ballots she handled that she said were never folded, as would normally be the case for ballots returned in an envelope by mail or dropped in a box. The absentee ballots looked as though they had just come from a fresh stack. She swore in her affidavit, I could not observe any creases in the ballots and it did not seem like they were folded and put into envelopes or mailed out. Also, the majority of the mail-in ballots that I reviewed contained suspicious black perfectly bubbled markings for Biden, Hartman stated, adding that they looked as if they were stamped. Observers and follow-up investigations noted that barcoding was missing from those ballots. Prominent information technology specialists testified that Fulton County ballots in the general election for GOP precincts included a barcode, while the ballots in Democrat districts did not include that barcode. 
And there is a visual of that, ladies and gentlemen, on the screen. The ballots shipped by Runbeck were said to be already uh, in the envelopes and were actually printed differently depending on the political leanings of the precincts. Real Clear Investigations also reported Carlos E. Silva, for one, declared in a November 17 affidavit that he observed a similar perfect black bubble in absentee ballots for Biden during the recount worked in DeKalb County, Georgia. And while overseeing the Cobb County, Georgia recount, he swore he observed absentee ballots being reviewed with the same perfect bubble that I had seen the night before in DeKalb. All of these ballots had the same characteristics. They were all for Biden and had the same perfect bubble. Added Silva, a registered Democrat, there were thousands of mail-in ballots that just had the perfect bubbles marked for Biden and no other markings in the rest of the ballot. Another registered Democrat, Myra Romero, Romero testified that while monitoring the Cobb County, Georgia recount, she noticed that hundreds of these ballots seemed impeccable with no folds or creases. The bubble selections were perfectly made and all happened to be selections for Biden. Now, this stuff is valuable, guys. How many of you guys have heard sworn affidavit testimonies from Democrats? Okay. How many of you guys out there in MAG world have heard sworn testimony from Democrats? Okay. This is something I was missing from 2020. All right. According to Georgia Secretary of Snakes records, Runbeck Election Services Incorporated is a Georgia foreign profit corporation filed on April 6, 2020. The company's filing status is listed as active slash O's current year AR and its file number is 20049030. The company has two principals on record. The principals are Kevin Runbeck from Phoenix, Arizona and Robert Shapir from Phoenix, Arizona. And there is Bradford Raffensperger, the Secretary of Snake of Georgia. Okay. Within two months, the June 9th, 2020 election primaries of Georgia, their Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger coordinated a deal with Runbeck Election Services, who partnered with Dominion Voting and the state of Georgia to send out more than one million absentee ballots. During the 2016 general primary, only 37,000 absentee ballots were submitted by mail. 200,000 were submitted for the November 2016 general election. Just one fifth of the total had uh, of the total had just one fifth of the total had on the June 9 election date. The surge was a result of Raffensperger's office sending absentee ballot request forms to all of Georgia's 6.9 million active voters. Raffensperger's own press release revealed instead of leaving the sending of absentee ballot request forms to local election offices or third-party organizations, the Secretary of State's office took on that responsibility, coordinating with experienced state vendors for the printing and mailing of the request forms. The Secretary of State's office also contracted with outside mail vendors for the fulfillment of the absentee ballot requests, including the provision of processing equipment and printing and mailing ballots to take that burden off of local election officials. I say that burden needs to go back because you know what? It's not a burden. It's your civic response. It's an honor. It should be an honor. The Secretary of State is providing millions of dollars in grants to local election offices for sanction, sanitation equipment, election infrastructure, and other voting needs. You mean from the Center for Tech and Civic Life? Is that where you're getting that money from? One grant in particular is dedicated to equipment like drop boxes, Center for Tech and Civic Life, which will make it easier for voters to return their absentee ballots and for local elections offices to accept them. 
One obvious question is why would Kevin Runbeck want a patent to generate revised ballots? I could understand revising ballots if candidates' dates, locations change prior to an election event and printing of ballots. But how would this prevent tampering, pre-filled vote choices and fraud? And there's that patent again. U.S. Patent Application Number 16-377016 was filed with the Patent Office on 2019-1010 for ballot duplication system and methods thereof. The applicant listed for this patent is Runbeck Election Services Incorporated. Invention is credited to Sergei Nosov, William O'Neill, Akasha Ramnerin, Kevin Runbeck, and Chris Schiffhauer. So you got more names, guys. Mas nombres. <laughs> oh my, my, my. What's this? What's this? Oh, that's for me for later. Sorry, guys. Okay. Why did ballots scanned off-site continue to be delivered to Maricopa Election Center after? Voting ended June 13th, 2021. Ladies and gentlemen, we have more data than we had one month after the 2020 election was stolen, guys. We have more data than we had one month after the 2020 election was stolen. We have more data in 2022, guys, than we did in 2020, a month in the game. And this is not a game. Okay, so real briefly, I want to go through these real briefly, guys. This is all for past context, all right? <laughs> these guys, these guys all, ladies and gentlemen, they've been doing this for the longest of times. You know, Runbeck has been around, I think, since the 1970s, y'all. I could be wrong on that. We'll check on that in a sec, Okay. Thousands of melon ballots in the pristine condition in Fulton County, Georgia, suddenly showed up after the 2020 presidential election. The same scenario simultaneously occurred in Maricopa County, Arizona. They were printed by Runbeck Election Services in Phoenix, Arizona. This is the same company local media reported on regarding Ray Valenzuela, elections director, and Kevin Runbeck, owner of the printing company. Brian Runbeck, a significant employee, has been a prolific financial contributor to Democratic campaigns and causes records show. That is Ray Valenzuela and Kevin Runbeck. Now, I don't know the deal on Ray Valenzuela. Hopefully this article will. Yeah, Ray Valenzuela, the director of elections for Maricopa County. Oh, he was the elections director. He's listed on the front page of Runbeck's website. He provides the one and only testimony of Runbeck where he shares Runbeck Elections is a subject matter expert on the process. They are always involved and want to know more. Runbeck is reliant as a partner, not a vendor. Their competence helps them identify issues before they become an issue. Having the director of elections for Maricopa County, Arizona, as your reference is not a good thing. It clearly indicates connections to corrupt elections activities. Note, the reference by Valenzuela has been taken down from the Runbeck website. Sworn testimony. When Rudy Giuliani and Arizona state legislatures held public hearings regarding the Maricopa County elections fraud on November 2020, uh, among the most compelling sworn testimonies came from elections witness Jan Bryant. 
Her testimony coincided with others and may explain Arizona Audit Director Ken Bennett's traitor. Ken Bennett is a traitor. His later revelation that Dominion Voting Systems had refused to comply with the subpoena to turn over passwords to its Maricopa County voting machines. Ken Bennett is a snake. And you know what also Ken Bennett is? Man, I used to. Uh, let me tell you what. The closer we get to restoring this republic, the more traitors are just going to come out in the bouts. And the more times I'm going to have to play this little ditty. So, yeah, back in 2021, we were talking about Ken Bennett being a traitor. We were talking about uh, Runbeck Solutions, uh, election services, etc., guys. And I just can't believe they're still using them. But that could just be to our benefit, I guess, right? I and mean, they're still using these same people. It's insane that they think that they can just keep on doing this, guys. It's insane. Anyways, okay, so it says here, uh, during the hearing on November 30th, uh, Bryant testified under oath that not even county IT staff were allowed access to the machine. So that is, uh, that is, the, uh, uh, that is the Maricopa County citizen right there, Ms. Bryant, okay. Uh, Bryant witnessed Dominion employees with a laptop computer in the counting room during the six days she worked at the Maricopa County Election Center. During questioning by Republican State Representative Mark Fincham, Bryant said there were daily election ballot deliveries to the center by Rumbeck Election Services. According to witness testimony, these deliveries happened from November 3 to at least November 10. Repeated explanations by supervisors at the time was that Runbeck has high-speed scanners, Bryant said. She was told the ballots were scanned off-site by Runbeck and then delivered to the Maricopa County Election Center. Transcript quotes from Bryant's testimony. Jan Bryant said 10 days before they quit tabulating, they thought they were done. And then more truckloads of ballots would come in. And I'm like, how can you not know how many ballots are still out there? State House Representative David L. Cook says, Mr. Chairman, I'm sorry, would you repeat that? They thought they were done. And then there was what? Jan Bryant said. They thought they were done multiple times. Multiple times the people that were running the rooms thought they were done counting ballots or almost done. Or we're going to be done Wednesday morning, November 4th. Then Thursday morning, November 5th. Then Friday morning. Then it went on into the whole next week. And I'm like, I asked the question, you don't know how many ballots are still left to come in. I don't know who does. Again, process, project management, but zero. There's Mark Fincham. I think uh, I think he needs to tell his uh, he needs to tell his uh, his campaign coordinator or whoever it is that's servicing him under the table not to uh, use so much uh, <laughs> blush on his cheeks. Okay. I know you think he looks cute with that blush, Ali, but uh, anyways, uh, that's uh, Cook and Fincham. All right. Uh, so that's her compelling. We're going to, we'll go and go over. I mean, we will not go over all of this. Let's see here. Let's read this last part from Jan Bryant testimony. She says, I was not there the whole last week. My last day was uh, the 10th and they were still coming in. They were coming from a company called Runbeck that does the high speed scanning and printing of duplications. And I think the military ballots and now I'm getting out of my comfort level here talking about this. I don't know what they are doing, but those ballots are coming in from a high-speed scanning company called Runbeck. That, apparently, you haven't heard of Runbeck. 
Mark Fincham says, no, I've heard of Runbeck, ma'am. What I'm trying to figure out is whether they printed them or if they scanned them. And if they scanned them offsite, to what purpose? Jan Bryant said, I can't tell you. Mr. Fincham said, was that not your job to scan them? I mean, not your job, but at the MCTEC, Jan Bryant says, no, all the high-speed scanning happens at Runbeck. So those ballots go to Runbeck. As far as I know, there were no observers there. I don't know. I never got called to work at Runbeck. That's all I can tell you. Mark Fincham said, no, that's fine. Your observation is useful here. What you're telling me is the scanning was not actually done on site at the Maricopa County structure. It was done someplace else where they have very high speed scanners. Mark Fincham says, right now, I really don't care what the speed is. I want to know where they, uh, I want to know where they Dominion scanners. Jan Bryan says, no, no, I don't think it has anything to do with Dominion. Mark Finchin says, I'm trying to understand what was the purpose of scanning them in advance of them being tabulated on the Dominion equipment. They were duplicate, duplications. The ballots that would not, the ballots that would not read through the tabulation machines, they were ballots that came in from military and overseas, but there were more ballots than that. So I don't know where the rest of them were coming from because they kept bringing trays of them in. So I don't know where they were coming from. That's a question for the county employees to explain to you where those ballots came from that whole next week. I don't know where they came from. Man, guys, isn't that crazy? You guys remember that, though. That was during the hearing that they did back in November, okay, of 2020. Or was it, yeah, November, December. Um, let's see here. So then Rudy, Rudy Giuliani starts questioning her. Okay, I don't want to go through all of this just because there's one more thing we're going to go through, guys, okay, before we finish for tonight. Okay, let's just let's just ask what does Rudy Giuliani want to know? So Rudy Rudy Giuliani says, so you were there from November 3rd through the 10th, seven days later after the election, ballots were still coming in. She says, Yes, were those ballots counted? She says, I watched them go through the tabulation machines and I watched people working on the adjudication of those ballots. And how many ballots? She says, Oh, I don't know. And Rudy Giuliani asks, Well, what was the largest number you saw in one day? Just to guess how many cartons. Uh, there were usually two or three shifts. This is Jan Bryant. I want to say one day they thought 90,000 was a good number for a shift. And if they were running multiple shifts a day, it was somewhere between the third and the 10th. Okay. The third and the 10th. So let me go ahead and so, okay. So I'm going to uh, fast forward through this, uh, the rest of this testimony, which is right there. Okay. So run back Democrat financial contributors. Okay. Democrat financial contributor. Kevin Runbeck's brother, Brian, although not listed on the website, is an executive with the company and is an employee of Runbeck Election Services. He has also been a regular financial contributor to Democratic Democrat organizations, including Biden for President and Act Blue. Again, here are the receipts we saw in the previous article as well. More receipts, more receipts, more receipts, more receipts. The plot thickens. Okay. Part three, the last part, guys. The Georgia plot thickens for Raffensperger, Kemp, Runbeck, Dominion, and China connections. The patent. Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger is not fooling millions of Americans who believe he cheated the November 2020 election. Voters suspected it all along, yet he continues to release token statements with attempts to weasel his way out of guilt for Governor Brian Kemp and himself. That's right, y'all. 
His dealings with Runbeck Election Services led to the Phoenix, Arizona company printing Fulton County ballots, likely including thousands of extra ones that appeared after voting had ended. In December, before the emergence of COVID-19 in the United States, owner Kevin Runbeck had the foresight, premonition, instinct, urge, or inside information to order 11 very expensive ballot printing sorting machines, that's millions of dollars, adding to his already five to handle the November 2020 election. How does one have such an epiphany, a once-in-a-lifetime divine-like realization that it would cause such an extreme amount of money, it would cause such an extreme amount of money to go all in and more to make this type of purchase? Now, here's a photograph of a man named Jeff Ellington, who is the CEO of Runbeck, displaying one of his high-speed high speed printers. Okay. I don't know if Jeff Ellington is the current CEO, but at the time of this article in 2021, he was. Okay. It just so happens Kevin Runbeck has a U.S. patent application on record for a computer system for on-screen ballot duplication to be used for generating a revised ballot. And there's the application on the screen once more. There is uh, Kevin Runbeck and Jeff Ellington photographs of these guys. Raffensperger is trying to say new revelations have suddenly appeared, but last month, Superior Court Judge Brian Amaro granted a forensics review of the 147,000 mail-in ballots cast in the November 3 presidential election. The judge approved the audit after reading a lawsuit that could prove fraudulent ballots and other irregularities led to Joe Biden's 2020 win in Georgia. The Democrat-controlled Fulton County did not, did not attempt to provide information. Instead, they immediately hired criminal defense attorneys to fight the lawsuit, resulting in a temporary block of the audit, but it was too late. The Georgia Star News, through open records process, had been investigating them since at least December. Suddenly, Raffensperger turned on Fulton County election officials. New revelations that the Fulton County is unable to produce all ballot drop box transfer documents will be investigated thoroughly as we have with other counties that failed to follow Georgia rules and regulations regarding drop boxes. This cannot continue. Restoring confidence, blah, blah, blah. More lip service, right? More lip service from Raffensperger. Here's a, a classic post from Lynn Wood. You guys remember China Bradford Raffensperger and China Kemp? Raffensperger was humiliated and essentially caught when also on Monday, Laura Beigert of the Georgia Star News reported that a Fulton County election official admitted a few forms are missing and that some procedural paperwork may have been misplaced. It wasn't a few. An analysis revealed the number of ballots in question exceeds Biden's margin of victory of 11,779 votes. Find me 11,779 votes that were what? Shredded? That were thrown away? That were replaced with fake unlawful ballots. President Trump released a statement on Thursday. Thank you and congratulations to Laura Beigert of the Georgia Star News on the incredible reporting you have done. Keep going. The scam is all unraveling fast. Not fast enough. Too late, Judge Amaro learned in May from attorney Bob Cheeley that Fulton County Registration Chief Ralph Jones during this guy resigned quick. During a pre-trial deposition, estimated the county printed 20,000 absentee ballots through a vendor in the 10 days leading up to the election. Chile also told the judge that Jones could not provide how many absentee ballots were printed or whether any of the ballots were left over. Government records indicate Kevin Runbeck's brother, Brian, had been a prolific monetary contributor over 50 times in 2020 to Act Blue, Biden for President and Democrat Senatorial Campaign Committee. So we got all this information. 
Donations to Black Lives Matter were managed by Act Blue, which funneled funds to the DNC and turns out Act Blue is employed by Dominion Voting Systems. Good Lord, y'all. Okay, so then it goes to the Real Clear Investigations, uh, Susie Voyles, um, uh, testimony and affidavit again. Okay, all this information, guys. Isn't this crazy? It's been out there. Okay, deals with Runbeck and Dominion. Raffensperger's dilemma begins with the June 9, 2020 election primaries of Georgia. He coordinated a deal with Runbeck Election Services, who partnered with Dominion Voting and the state of Georgia to send out more than 1 million absentee ballots. Okay, and it goes through the 2016 general primary uh, figures as well. The surge, okay. And then Raffensperger's uh, press release. So a lot of a lot of the same information here again. And then it asks the question, is Kemp owned by China? Well, I think they all are. Just two weeks before the Trump administration forced the closing of the Chinese consulate in Houston in July 2020, Governor Kemp flew in to meet with Li Qingmin, the consul general there. How interesting. I did not I didn't know that happened. Uh Let's see. I didn't know Brian Kemp was in Texas. What the heck? Kemp. Oh, you know what? Well, I know he was in Texas whenever he went to go, you know, play with the Governor Abbott on the border. But that's about it. Oh, it was Governor Abbott and his rhino friends down on the border, ladies and gentlemen. Anyways, that was a while. That was last year. It's not known when President he, Ducci was there, too. It was Abbott and Ducci and Kemp. It was like all of the rhinos. It was crazy. It's not known when President Trump found out about this visit, but Kemp took considerable heat and was criticized by Trump for not taking action or investigating reports of obvious election fraud in his state. Kemp at Communist Chinese Consulate, known as a massive spy center. Now, let's not forget that we've also done the stories on Raffensperger courting the uh, Chinese vote in, uh, in, in, uh, in Georgia and actually speaking right with uh with um with these people over yonder okay now mike pompeo who's also with the council for national policy called the houston consulate complex a hub of spying and ip theft and florida senator marco rubio probably also with the cfnp said the consulate was a massive spy center and forcing it to close is long overdue okay so we'll skip through this stuff here it goes into kemp's dirty deals I wonder if it mentions DHS being in his voting systems in 2016. Probably not. You know, back when Kemp was the Secretary of State, Kemp used to be the Secretary. You guys see a pattern forming here? Brian Kemp was the Secretary of State. He's the governor now. I bet you money that is Brad Raffensperger's next target. Secretary of State Katie Hobbs is trying to be the governor now. Okay? All right? And Maggie Toulouse Oliver over in New Mexico... Well, she's running for U.S. Senate. I don't even know how that turned out, honestly. I didn't even keep up with New Mexico. And you know what? Our friends in Michigan and Wisconsin need our help, too. Okay? All right, guys. So, I mean, this is this is pretty... This is pretty damning, guys. And this is going back to 2021, right? Kemp's Dirty Deals. A former chief of staff for Kemp was one of eight registered lobbyists for Dominion Voting Systems in Georgia. Insiders say it was a sure thing Dominion was in when we learned Thomas was involved. The lobbyist legislator that staff members were referring to uh, was Jared Thomas, a close friend and former chief of staff for Kemp. Another lobbyist for the controversial company was former Georgia Secretary of State Louis Abbott Massey. 
An investigation into U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission filings has revealed that the firm, which owns Dominion Voting Systems, received $400 million from a Swiss bank with close links to the Chinese government less than a month before the election. Records reveal Dominion donated large sums, at least $150,000 of money, to the Clinton Foundation and were in cahoots with the Delian Project, a transnational voting technology initiative valued at over $2 million with the Clintons. Even the liberal New York Times cannot back in, uh, cannot take back their June 11th, 2020 article about how Georgia political leaders spent over $100 million in taxpayer money to use Dominion voting systems in 2019. Raffensperger was in charge of the procurement of these devices. Records and evidence are indicating Raffensperger, Governor Kemp, and legislative members were heavily lobbied. Some intelligence gathered show family members of certain high-profile politicians were paid Hunter Biden style by Dominion, both directly and indirectly. Georgia used Dominion's Democracy 5.5 system, the one that failed certification in Texas three times, and yet they oh, well, we didn't use it. I forgot we we used uh, in Texas they used Dominion as a scapegoat. So this way they could uh, cheat us with other voting uh, machines. The Times reported the software used in the 2020 summer primaries caused block long lines across Georgia as primary voters stood for hours while poll workers waited for equipment to be delivered or struggled to activate the system's components. Does that not sound familiar, guys? And yet you had you had the Georgia Democrats talking about vote suppression when they were out there doing it already in 2020. Locations ran out of provisional ballots. Many people, seeing no possible option to exercise their right to vote, simply left the lines. Ladies and gentlemen, how often does history need to repeat itself? Do you see why it is so important to keep these stories easily accessible? Okay, and why it's important to have this information top of the mind. But no, this is a story from a year ago. Why are you doing repeat news? Why are you doing news in a circle? Because we have short memories, okay, that are shortened by our attention spans. That's why I do it, okay? It's not because I have nothing else to talk about. And not that I'm getting on the defensive here, but I'm just saying, do we not learn from our history, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> I know I don't need to ask my audience that, but come on, you know? So uh, fast forward it, guys. Fast forward it, right? Oh, what is this article? Runbeck election systems teamed up with Dominion voting systems in Georgia election pallets of company ballots found in Fulton County warehouse. So yeah, you know, uh, Gateway Pundit reporting that also. 2021 again, Arizona firm that allegedly sent fake ballots to Georgia Runbeck election services is closely tied to the Democrat party. 2022, shocking news. Owners of top election printing companies, Runbeck and Cathedral, donated frequently to Democrat PACs. Shocking, isn't it? <laughs> so guys, hopefully this will be the last year I do a story on Runbeck election services, okay? I'm hoping we don't have to do this, uh, this uh, clown show and dance again, okay? Because the clowns are getting pretty good at dancing, guys. Yeah, I used to be able to dance them underneath the table, but I don't know that I can do that so much more. Okay, so uh, what, is, uh, what, is, what does Gateway have for us on this? This is a brand new article from Gateway Pundit. Kevin Runbeck, there we go. Oh, he has his face on the website now. That's interesting. Look at that. Nice and pretty, y'all. Kevin Runbeck. Okay. 
uh let's see a more and here so saying these are, well i would say these are probably the same receipts that we just looked at but i don't know yeah they are same receipts here they are gateway pundit has them also so uh yeah i don't know what you guys think about that i know what i think about it i think i think too much about it i don't know who cathedral is who is cathedral Tell me, darling, who is Cathedral? Sappy, hmm? hmm? <laughs> darling, Sappy. Uh, let's see here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Fiddler's parent company is Cathedral Corporation based in Rome, New York, whose CEO slash chairman is Marianne Gage. Okay. So this is another company within the company. Yeah. Although conveniently not listed on Cathedral's corporate responsibility page under philanthropy, Federal Election Commission records indicate that Marianne Gage has been an active monthly donor for more than 20 years to Act Blue, Obama for America, Obama Victory Fund, Blue Pack, Biden for President, Biden Victory Fund, numerous Democrat candidates and partisan causes, and Democrat Action, a partisan pack located at the same address as the Democrat Governor's Association. Wow, that sounds pretty heavy, whoever this gauge person is. Oh, Fidlar Election. Okay, that's what this is. Fidlar Election, located at 1500 Tradeport Drive, Suite B, Orlando, Florida, 32824, serves 42 of Florida's 67 counties. They flaunt 168 years of service and 400, is that collective? And 414 million ballots printed. Fidlar, is it like you're going to fiddle with the vote? Fidlar Elections also claims to provide these services to New York, Illinois, Indiana, Georgia, and other states. All right, guys. So you see, you see, if 2020 hadn't happened and uh, if we hadn't bust down, uh, gotten our butts kicked in 2022 with this theft and the stealing, we wouldn't be able to identify these types of companies. Because you know what? No one, no one seemed to care about Runbeck in 2020 or in 2021. Hopefully. Like with this lawsuit with whistleblowers working at Runbeck, and I'm talking about Carrie Lake's lawsuit, and the whistleblowers who are working at, working at Runbeck will get all of this stuff taken down. And all of these things should be brought back in house. Uh, like, like Mark Fincham said, I don't care how fast those printers are. I want to know why they were being used. Don't tell me about the speed, okay? Don't tell me it's because they were printed fast. Okay, so when contacted and asked about their services, a federal representative self-identified as Isaac Knight refused to answer any questions and became highly agitated when pressed for information as to which counties in Florida Fidlar served. Hmm. He replied as a private company that they had no duty to disclose any information to Florida voters who wanted to know about ballot printing, mailing, tracking, and tracing. Well, screw you, Fidler. Oh, no responsibility or duty to report to voters who have questions. You see why it's not good to outsource your constitutional responsibilities? <laughs> because then you get private companies that say, well, we're not gonna, we're not gonna fess up. We're not gonna, we're not gonna give you the info you want. That's what we're that's what we're dealing with the election rigging information center, Eric. The electronic registration information center, the election rigging information center, same deal. They're like, oh, we don't, we don't have to do it to the voters. We're a private organization or a private company, or pay us, you know, twenty five k for like 
a list. Insane, guys. Insane. Uh, what is this the last one I think I had to show? Early indications are that ballots found shredded in Maricopa County dumpster. Oh, guys. Okay, this was this was just a cherry on top, y'all. Sean Joe. Sean Joe wants to know what I'm insinuating about Mr. Fincham. We'll have to have an offline conversation about that one, Sean Joe. I'm not gonna, I am not gonna, I'm not gonna get to that on the air. <laughs> Tell you what, the next uh the next um the next subscribers meeting we have, make sure you're there, Sean Joe. We'll hold one in the daytime hours soon, I promise. And you guys can ask me all the questions you want about whatever you want. Uh okay, cool. Uh, I pulled this, these two articles as a cherry on top, okay? The shredded ballots, all right? Because people don't seem to recall the shredding of ballots as witnessed, you know? And uh, it was during the, um, it was during the uh, Maricopa County Board of Supervisors uh, meeting that they had, wherein they had the, uh, they had the open comment period, uh, for, um, uh, Arizonans to come in and state their concerns or how, however it was, it was like four hour presentation, right? They gave two minutes to each person. And then, you know, they, they took five hours to give their own presentations. Uh, the supervisors did, um, do you guys recall when uh, it was, what was it, Professor um, uh, David Clements, right? You got, I mean, everyone remembers David. If you didn't know who David Clements was, you know who he was after that because everyone memed that segment. It was such a powerful segment, right? That he went up and he just, he just told it like it was to the Maricopa County Board of, 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 of treasonous supervisors, okay? And uh, do you remember when he called out the one he said, do you got another, do you got another fire to start in your farm? Right. He was calling one of those supervisors out. Right. That's what this story is. Okay. <laughs> I, I saw it and I was like, okay, let me just share this and we'll call it a night. Uh, so that's what this was. Okay. This story is this cherry on top guys. It's not necessary. It's just a fond remembrance, right? Uh, as fondly as we can remember the tragedies and the treason that has occurred here. Right. Uh, but this was when uh, the shredding of the ballots. Okay, let's see here. Uh, let's see. After refusing to provide ballots to the Arizona Senate for months, as soon as the judge ordered the Maricopa County Board of POSs to hand them over, shredded ballots are found in a dumpster. Okay, and then they report it on the shredded ballots, and then there was a mysterious fire. <laughs> Wait, it says, today we can report that as the ballots are being pieced back together, they do appear to be from the 2020 election. For example, the section below shows all corporate commission candidates from 2020. You see that? They start piecing them back together. We also saw yesterday that the ballots were filled out for candidates. Okay, so they were already filled out. You guys see that? Like the bubbles are already marked. Okay. Uh, many people in the state are tired of the corruption in the county. Okay. Um, contact AZ. This, this is from back in the day. You obviously can't do this anymore. Look at look at this. You see that? You see that photograph right there, guys? Look at. Boom! <laughs> That's insane, guys. Look. So it says here. Why were the Arizona 2020 ballots not secured after receipt from the Board of Supervisors? Why was there no chain of custody? Why were the ballots seen in the tabulation warehouse on 3-5 through the wide open warehouse door? 
Why were shredded ballots found in dumpsters outside the warehouse door on 3-6? Are the deaths of 165,000 dead hens at Hickman's farm part of the ongoing cover-up? <laughs> what are you talking about? We're talking about this guy, guys and gals. Um, after finding shredded ballots in the dumpster earlier today, a mysterious fire breaks out at Maricopa County officials farm. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> They're like, okay, we can't shred them, burn them. And that's why professor Clements told that Maricopa County POS Hickman, you got another fire to start in your farm. You know, <laughs> And everyone was like, whoa, everyone knows. Everyone knows I'm in Texas. Okay. If I know everyone knows, right. I mean, can you imagine ladies and gentlemen, can you just imagine ladies and gentlemen, and that brings us to a conclusion for today's episode of the sea report. Oh, Mr. Musk. It looks like we're going to have to talk about the Twitter drops tomorrow. <laughs> We all know you're doing a good service with that upside down cross and Baphomet on your chest, but don't you worry, you're not part of the cabal. But you are waking up the normies. Thank you, Elon Musk, for waking up the normies. But as uh, far as I'm concerned, we'll just leave that there. How about that, ladies and gentlemen? Okay, so coming up tomorrow, Twitter files, right? <laughs> I owe you guys so much. It's insane. I owe you guys so much. I feel like, you know, when it comes to information and stuff like that. But uh, thanks for hanging out tonight, ladies and gentlemen. If you're joining us live, much appreciated. <laughs> Tim Bajet, are you still hanging out at Rumble? That's awesome. Thanks for uh, keeping on. Thanks for keeping the lights on over at Rumble and everyone else is hanging out over there. Make sure you give us a thumbs up, a like, a subscribe. Hit that little plus button at the bottom. I see a lot of you have already. Thank you guys so much for your support. Helps get the information out. Monday through Friday, 8.30 Eastern time. Uh, we are live here at the Sea Report, delivering America First and election integrity news. That's my shtick, ladies and gentlemen. That's my shtick. And of course, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 3 p.m. Texas time, we do Lone Star State News, and that's uh, Texas information and uh, news and current events, guys. But uh, until next time, uh, do have a good night, you all. Um, go well, go in peace, etc. And, uh, you know, as my dad always used to say, uh, be safe and be blessed, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, God bless America. We'll see you next time. Thanks for hanging out tonight, guys. Bye-bye. Let's talk, let's talk about Georgia. Uh, President Trump truthed about this earlier. Ballot images missing, right? Drop boxes with no video. And Disney's like, well, we don't care about that. We're gonna die on this hill. We're gonna be gay and we're gonna rape our children no matter what you say because we 
are Disney. Uh, we don't normally run Sea in the Dark uh, during the week. Uh, for those of you who are wondering, what the heck is this bald man talking about? Uh, you know, multiple broadcasts and shows come here on Mr. CTV channel. Uh, so you've got your Sea Report Monday through Friday in the evening hours, right? And uh, we do Sea in the Dark, which is a late night weekend talk show kind of, you know, broadcast, right? So guys, watch out. We got a swamp creature coming to the screen. So look out now. Look out now. <laughs> oh no, it's wretched Gretchen Whitmer. Check out the political truth apparel line. Covefe. Rhino hunting season. Secretary of Snakes. And more to come. Fun, fashionable, edgy, cational. Go to Mr. C Online Store at www.thecreport.com. Click on the top right menu. Use coupon code 1776REBORN at checkout. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's Mr. C from The C Report, and I'm stopping in for just a sec to encourage you guys to head over to thecreport.com. At thecreport.com, you can get more information on The C Report, check out episode resources, follow our blog and get new articles every week, join our mailing list, and stay abreast on the latest news and information. That's right, head on over to thecreport.com, that's www.thecreport.com, and be sure to follow us on our social medias, Truth Social, Rumble, Twitch, Clout Hub, and Hill.net.